is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get it right. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this, this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, and Tyler Harrison. Tyler Harrison. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. You're a never was. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we are the Sports Line Master. I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Wednesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. You can call us at 631-672-3108. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, We have a great show lined up for you, and I just want to give a shout-out to Tyler Harrison. As um, Today, we have decided to part ways with Tyler Tyler is going to be no longer with the Sports Loudmouths. It'll just be me and Speedy moving forward. We will have special guests every week. Not just the guests that we have on the show, but we'll invite special guests to join us and uh, be a part of our show moving forward. Uh, Tyler has had a lot of stuff going on in his life, and we just both, all of us, decided to part ways. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out to Tyler Harrison. Good luck for whatever he plans to do moving forward. Uh, you know, he's a good guy. Nothing against him, but uh, the show must go on. And you, we just can't, uh, obviously, uh, wait for him and whenever he decides to come in and decide to show up. So Tyler uh, Tyler will no longer be with the show. Anyways, uh, at 10 o'clock, we'll be talking to ESPN talent producer Katie Hennessy. She'll be joining us. And at 11 o'clock, we'll be talking to leader... Uh, to the leader news editor and writer for Pack to the Future, uh, whatever that is, and Packers Talk, which we had uh, him on our show a couple of months ago, Ralph Mancini, uh, really, really good uh, Packers guy, uh, knows everything about the Packers, so uh, he will be joining us. He writes for the Packers, so it'll be fun. Uh, me and him went back and forth with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers about a year ago, so Mr. Mancini will be joining us a little bit later in the show. Um, we, again, we're going to get into a lot of the basketball thing because, uh, what, what did he, what did Carl says, uh, Carl says, did Errol slip in that Tyler got the boot and then Nathan says, should I join the show today or next week? (laughs) Uh, Nathan, you could come on a little bit later. Um, after Katie, you can come on. Uh, but, uh, listen, I, I'm just telling everybody what happened to Tyler. Uh, you're going to probably be wondering, obviously our drop is not, no longer going to have Tyler's name on it. Probably by the end of this week. Uh, I'm just being honest with what you guys what you guys see. You guys are going to ask me in about a week or two weeks, where's Tyler? I'm letting you guys know that there will not be any more Tyler on this show. Tyler has decided uh, to move forward with whatever he plans to do. I'm, su- I'm very supportive. I just, uh, you know, he just wasn't dedicated to the show. And, 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 and like I said, the show must go on. We've got other things going on, and uh, we have to move on without Tyler, which I have no problems doing uh, because 
Uh, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a fun show moving forward no matter what. By the way, did anybody see the new Crackings jersey I got, man? It is beautiful. This is a beautiful jersey. Check it out. Uh, I, I, I picked it up. Uh, I am not a Krakens fan, but uh, it is such a beautiful jersey. I had to cop myself one, so it is beautiful. It has my name on the back of it. Maybe when we come back from break, I'll show you guys. Uh, but uh, it is a beautiful jersey. If you are a sports fan, I don't buy other teams' jerseys, but for some reason, I just I don't like the name, okay? I'm just informing you guys, I do not like the Kraken name. It should have been the cracking. Uh, it should have been called the Seattle Grunge, but I still like the jerseys. The colors are beautiful. It really is. So you could add that to the collection with your uh, pink and blue Miami Heat one. That's right. I have a pink and blue Miami Heat. Yes. Uh, shout out to uh, the great Carl, aka Falk. Uh, we call him Shy Town USA. But uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be fun. This show will be very, very fun moving forward. So definitely stay tuned. So. We didn't really get into any basketball yesterday, and there's so much to get into, especially after the All-Star break. LeBron James speaks out and pretty much said that he wants to retire after he plays one year with his son. Uh, his son is, is a senior right now in high school. He'll either play in the G League. Uh, he is obviously being recruited by some of the best colleges in the country. I have heard that he is very interested in going to play for Duke. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. everybody knows I'm a Duke fan. But so. no more Coach K. So. No more Coach K. So, Carl, uh, it'll be up to your boy, John Shire. Yes. Uh, um, I'm not a big fan of John Shire, by the way. Oh, we know. Uh, but, uh, you know, I do believe that LeBron's son will play college basketball for one year, and then he'll probably – uh, put himself into the NBA draft. He'll probably. I don't know where he's going to be picked as. I don't know if he's a top recruit. I, I, if he is, he's he's not a top five recruit. No, he's definitely not a top five. Uh, but you know, he'll be somewhere in the top ten. Uh, you know, top fifteen wherever mm-hmm. he gets drafted, uh, and wherever he gets drafted. And that's why teams will be interested in him because it, it's a two man package. If if you get uh, you know. Bronny, you'll probably get LeBron. Yeah. So also talk about the biggest beneficiary of these new NIL rules. You don't see how many endorsements he's going to get in college, too. Oh, he's going to get huge endorsements. Mm-hmm. But uh, it'll be very, very interesting to see where Bronny is going to decide uh, where he's going after this high school. Carl season. says maybe Michigan has a puncher's chance on Bronny. Probably puncher's chance, Carl. I, I see where you're going with that one. Good job. Well, again, we we don't know where Bronny's going to go, and we'll probably not hear. Uh, if I was Bronny, I'd go play one year of the G League, make about five, six hundred. He, he doesn't really need the money. His father's rich as hell, but um, again, he wants to make his own money, so why not? Uh, I don't know. Those NIL endorsements might be very good. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be very interesting to see where Bronny goes, but uh, it's so interesting right now with the NBA because obviously there's about, I would say, about 28, 27 games left for most teams in the National Basketball Association. And and you wonder, moving forward, obviously Kyrie Irving speaks out that he wants to play home games. There are stories coming out here from New York that they might take the mandate out uh, off. If they do, uh, Kyrie Irving will return playing in uh, Brooklyn. But I don't know when that's going to happen or if it will happen. But the the interesting story is, when is Ben Simmons going to step on the court? That's the interesting story. Ben Simmons was was traded over a week ago. There are stories coming out that he might not be ready for at least another two to three weeks. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, Kevin Durant, by the time he comes back, Kevin Durant will be back. 
Kyrie Irving might be playing home games. You might have your Fab Three before you know it. I, I, I don't understand this whole Ben Simmons. I understand he's out of shape. He looks in pretty good shape to me. Is he in basketball shape? Why isn't he? He's making 30-something million dollars a year, and he was getting paid full money by the 76ers. Why was he, while he wasn't playing basketball, not practicing? Why, why, why wasn't he uh, running up and down the court? Why wasn't he playing pickup games against uh, you know semi-pro basketball players? Or, ex- or NFL players that are practicing off basketball games like Miles Garrett and Tyree well, Kill. Well, <laughs> let's not get into that. But I, I mean, seriously, when, when you look at the big picture and you look at you know where these teams are and, and where these player players are going, you would expect that Ben Simmons would have been in shape. He's making $190 million. He's getting paid a ton of money. And, and you're hearing the stories that he's not ready to play basketball. He's not in basketball fit shape. Does that make any sense to you? I mean, seriously. And you talk, Michael Jordan was was at the All-Star game. You see all these great old NBA players, the Isaiah Thomases of the world, the Akiva Olajuwon's of the world, all these other players that you've seen, they all were there at the All-Star game. Michael Jordan is still practicing. He's still playing basketball. He's playing one-on-one with the players on his team. He's in basketball shape. How the hell is Ben Simmons not in basketball shape? How many people are in the Ice Cube League, too, that are retired players, too? There must be hundreds of that. Does that make any freaking (laughs) sense? I mean, I I don't know about you guys, but if I was making, I don't know, $500,000 right now, I'm going to be on the basketball court practicing after practicing after practicing, shooting 300 foul shots, 300 three-pointers. But by the way, Ben Simmons couldn't hit a lick if you asked him to. I don't know if he's had 300 free throws in his career either. I mean, seriously, how does a guy that's making $190 million only hit 23 pointers in his whole career? 20. 23 pointers in his whole goddamn career. I mean, think of it. You go back and you you talk about the structure of the Brooklyn Nets and where the Brooklyn Nets are. I mean, we all know who their superstars are. We we all know that Kevin Durant is their number one priority. They want to get him on the court before the playoffs. They might not even be ready. And and by the way, they might not even make the playoffs the way this team is going. They're right now. If the season were to end, I think they're the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. And by you know, in the next two or three weeks, if if, if Kevin Durant will come back and Ben Simmons, and you're going to depend on Kyrie Irving. And by the way, I don't want to hear about Andre Drummond and Seth Curry, that this th- these three players are going to carry this team all the way to the playoffs because this team is not good enough right now without Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons to make the playoffs. They could absolutely fall out of a playoff spot with a blink of an eye. One bad week. Remember, they, can't, they were at an eight-game losing streak. They could lose... Their next three to four games, and the teams behind them could win three or four games, and they fall out of the top 11, top 10 teams making the playoffs, and they don't make the playoffs. Now, I do believe they're going to skim, and, and they'll make the playoffs. But they have to play in a playing game. If they lose that one playing game, they're eliminated. I also like the chances if they could get hot for Atlanta just because of the experience, too, of beating the Nets if they were to play. And Toronto's a tough defensive team, too. So it's not going to be easy even in the play. And I think they'll make it, too. But still, no guarantees. Uh, Nithin says, do you think the Celtics can be dangerous in the playoffs? Absolutely. I don't think so. I do. I don't like, I don't like their offensive or lack of offensive depth this year. <laughs> and you need that in the playoffs. Uh, Carl says, can the Bulls keep it up? They have so Absolutely. far major injuries to the number one uh, ball, Caruso, and their number one pick, yeah, Patrick Williams. And 
And as Speedy and I agreed on when the deal went down, DeMar DeRozan is amazing. Fit. Yeah, he's turning into an MVP candidate as we speak. DeMar yes. DeRozan. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's been fantastic. And I know, I know the Knicks could have picked him up, but they decided so to So could the Lakers. So could have the Lakers, but... Uh, DeMar DeRozan's not a good playoff player. We all know what DeMar DeRozan does in the playoffs. I would not bet anything that DeMar DeRozan's going to go into the playoffs and is going to play fantastic basketball. We saw what Julius Randle did in the playoffs (laughs) last year. Yeah. Okay? I I mean, seriously, there are some players that are very good regular season players, and then when they get into the playoffs, when the pressure is on, they just don't play well. And we've seen him on Toronto. We've seen him on the Spurs. He just wasn't a good playoff player. He's a fantastic talent. He really is. DeMar DeRozan can play two-way basketball. He, you can play the ball through him. Uh, really fantastic. And they have Levine. I, I mean, this is a good team. This is a very good team, the Bulls. And right now, uh, if the season were I think they're the number one seed, They're right? number two seed. They're tied for first right now with Miami. Miami must have some tiebreaker that puts them one at the moment. I believe the Bulls, by the end of the season, will be the number one seed. And they've been fantastic. I think the acquisitions that they made, the coach that they brought in, this team is built to win right now. Now, are they ready fully to win with when you have the 76ers that have been there before, the Milwaukee Bucks that have been there before, even the Brooklyn Nets, they've been there before. I think that if all these teams squeak in, if you're a playing game, a.k.a. the Brooklyn Nets, yeah, I think there's a very, very good chance when you look at the big picture that, hey, the Brooklyn Nets could be a dangerous team moving forward if they get out of the playing game. But it's so interesting right now with the whole Zion Williamson thing, too. Zion Williamson could be out for the rest of the season. He might need foot surgery again. And I know everybody keeps sitting here and saying, why do you want the Knicks to pick him up? I'll tell you why. I think it makes a lot of sense for the New York Knicks to possibly end the offseason to make a move for him. You ready to hear this? Sweetie, you ready to hear this? Go for it. Right now, Julius Randle is making $116 million. Okay? Kemba Walker right now is making about 10 or 11. The Knicks have control of him for another year. They also have picks. Zion Williamson right now does not want to play for the Pelicans. He does not want to be there. And think of it Think of it in the big picture here. If the Knicks made a trade for Zion Williamson, they would have to trade Julius Randle, probably Kemba Walker, and maybe two, to, two first-round draft picks. You're not going to have to give up more than two first-round draft picks because the guy can't stay healthy. The Knicks could get a, a super superstar for Julius Randle, Kemba Walker, and two first-round draft picks. What well, might not play next year either. Might be another year. He's still he's still only twenty three years old. He comes back when he's twenty four, twenty five. You, you you don't you don't uh, you don't extend him or you give him a year to year contract to see right. what he can do. And then you have him with R.J. Barrett. You bring you bring back Cam Reddish. You have the, the pretty much the Duke Blue Devils and the Kentucky Wildcats <laughs> on one team. And I, I really think with the youth that they have right now, you can build something with Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish. I mean, this would be a good team. Now, I don't know what Zion Williamson is going to be when he comes back from that foot surgery. And if I was him, after he gets the foot surgery, I think he should go on a diet. I think he should lose at least 20 pounds. And quite possibly could do that because he wants to prove to teams that he's capable of being traded for where he would be worth every bit of whatever they trade for him. But right now, obviously... Where the New York Knicks are, there is no superstar player that's going to become a free agent that's going to want to come and play for the Knicks. There's only a, quite a few players that would probably, uh, if they become available, want to go and play for the Knicks. 
Uh, I do see Anthony Davis uh, in the offseason this year. Uh, if Anthony Anthony Davis can't stay healthy for the Lakers, but mm-hmm. um, there were three or four teams that he was interested in going to before he was traded to the Lakers, and one of those teams were the Knicks. And he wants to go to a big marketplace. Obviously, it's not working right now with Anthony Davis, uh, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook. It's not working there, and you're not going to probably, even though Russell Westbrook is a free agent in the offseason where he's probably going to go elsewhere or he's going to go to another veteran team or maybe goes to the Knicks on a very small contract. I don't know where he's going to go, but he's not going to make a lot of money. Anthony Davis is still fairly young. He's making a lot of money, and going to the Knicks could change everything as far as superstardom. Now, Anthony Davis is from the Bulls. I mean, he is from Chicago. He grew up a Bulls fan. Uh, Remember, in high school, he was a point guard. He grew like five, six inches, became a big man. Uh, obviously was recruited heavily by the Kentucky uh, University of Kentucky and, and obviously was brought in by Kyle Perry, won a national championship with him. So, I, I, I mean, it makes a lot of sense that maybe he goes to the Bulls. But what is the Bulls going to trade? Right now they're ready to win now. Who are they going to trade? Who do you want them to trade? You, you're, you're willing to watch them trade DeRozan right now? DeRozan's a better player right now than Anthony Davis. And more healthy. <laughs> and Levine... I'm sorry, I'm not trading Levine for anything right now. I am not trading that kid for anything. He's become a super, superstar in this league. He could shoot, he could jam, he could play defense, he could play, uh, you know, he could play, defend multiple positions. I mean, and he's a fantastic player. So you can't trade any of their top players. Lonzo Ball, that's not going to do enough. No. Uh, and by the way, I don't think the Lakers want Lonzo Ball back. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. So then you get LeVar Ball back, too. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen. So, I mean, logically here, where, where you look at both teams and understand both teams, I think it makes a lot of sense where in the offseason, if the Knicks really want to make a move for Anthony Davis, they want to make a move for another a superstar to come over here and play with this team because they're not winning with the players they have right now. They have a bunch of young players, fine. But you need that player that's going to draw free agents to come and play with that particular player. Does there is there a lot of free agents or when free agents become available be interested to play with a guy like Anthony Davis? Absolutely. Absolutely. But right now, the Knicks don't have any name players. That, you know, I want to go play with R.J. Barrett. <laughs> I want to go play with Cam Reddish. I don't even know if he'll be there next year. Right. I want to go play with Grimes, Quigley, Obi Toppin. I mean, this is a young team. This is a team that's got to figure themselves out. And I just don't know if this team is capable of getting that superstar that's going to want to come and play here and to draw other free agents to come and play with him. Now, going back to the Zion approach, Zion signing potential for the Knicks, that's why I actually like the Zion approach, too, to take that kind of chance. You know, you're not going to have to, you're, like you're saying, you're not going to have to trade much. No. And maybe if his stock falls even more with the injuries, it might mm-hmm. even be it might even be like a first-round pick and maybe like a very distant other second-first round pick. Like, they don't even have to do in close proximity, too. You have with to, just you're going to have to give up a contract, too. Right. Uh, so you do, yeah, you do Randall and then you try to maybe do another veteran. You were saying Kemba, yeah. There's, Kemba. Yeah. There's definitely other options that, that you could look at with the veterans that they signed this offseason. Because you got to so. match that contract. Because the other thing I like about it, too, is he has one, the name recognition, if he does end up peaking to his ability, where down the road, 
a superstar, if Zion performs like he was drafted to be and stays healthy, maybe there is a superstar out there, a young superstar that would want to come there. Also, you're not going to have to give him a max contract because he hasn't, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So you might get a bargain if he does end up coming in from a financial standpoint. And the Pelicans are going to probably have to add a player because it, it has to match. It really doesn't. They, the Knicks are probably going to have to take another bad contract because uh, the Pelicans take it Julius Randle and Kemba Walker. Uh, remember, uh, uh, you're looking at right now Williamson. He's he's still on his rookie contract, so uh, he is making like ten or nine million a year. So that can match up with Kemba. So you can get rid of Kemba's contract for one year, but to get to to trade Julius Randle away, you're going to have to take another big. Contract. Unless you get a third team involved. Yeah, but I, I don't think a third team would make sense for right now. And to bring a third team, you're going to have to give up more picks. And I don't want to see the Knicks give away their future. So. Zion Williamson makes a lot of sense to the Knicks. He does want to go there. He's been always wanting to go there uh, since he came into the league. He wanted to go to the New York market because it's a big market and it's a good chance for him uh, to really prove himself uh, on center stage in Madison Square Garden. But again, when you look at the big picture, you look at where uh, the NBA is going. And and listen, there are a lot of good teams that really have st- stood out, really shown them, th- shown their faces. And I know everybody sits here and they say, well, the NBA, you just don't know what you know, year in and year out. You know the good teams. You know the Lakers. Usually the Lakers are the top team. Uh, the last couple of years, Miami. Uh, Chicago's been a surprise this year. Cleveland's been a surprise this year. Uh, obviously, Boston's usually a good team, you know, with, with, with obviously a new coach. You know, Phoenix has been good for the last couple of years. Golden State. Memphis has been a surprise this year. Utah. Obviously, uh, and by the way, Donovan Mitchell has come out and said that he he would want to go and play for the Knicks. That's another. Could you imagine in the offseason bringing in Donovan Mitchell and Anthony Davis to come and play for the Knicks? I mean, that would be a fantastic move for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. That puts them right center stage uh, in, in obviously one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. But I, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to be able to afford that unless they obviously trade. And Julius Randle, maybe you bring in Williamson and Donovan. Uh, Donovan right. Mitchell, maybe that makes sense, and put him with R.J. Barrett and and some of the young players that they have. But again, you're going to have to give away pieces, and the Knicks are trying to build around these youth and young players. and And I think the Knicks need to lose as many games and hope for the best when it comes to uh, um, the obviously lottery. the lottery, which they never win. But it, 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 honestly, you looking at the big picture. Usually uh, with the NBA, you know who's going to make the playoffs. You know who the dangerous teams, dangerous teams are. You know who the real weak teams are. So realistically, uh, I look at the NBA. It's been a very big surprise this year with the Cleveland Cavaliers and, and the Chicago Bulls in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Uh, the, the Grizzlies have been very surprising, mm-hmm. too, with John Morant. So, I, I mean, you'll, you'll have your, your surprise teams. And are they dangerous enough to, to surprise people in the playoffs? I don't know. I like Memphis, though, because they got a lot of depth, though, too. They could be very similar. I don't know as good as the Suns, but very similar with the way they were winning. There is an article on uh, Pro Sports Daily about Zion Williamson. And uh, they were trying, they're trying to match off, uh, you know, uh, Atlanta. Because Atlanta would be a good, you know, destination for a guy yep. like Zion Williamson to go play with Trey Young. Um, I'm, I'm looking at some of the teams uh, that are could be Indiana is another team yeah. that could be a, a good fit because of all the pieces and all the youth and the young players that maybe the Pelicans want. Yeah, you swap Miles Turner and maybe a, uh, another young player or something like that. That should get the job done, I would imagine. I, I mean, 
There are other teams that will be interested in Zion Williamson and maybe take a chance with Zion Williamson, but, but I think he really, you know, destination-wise, wants to go to a bigger market where he has a chance to win. Because both those teams, too, the Hawks and the Pacers, have... Uh, a chance to uh, to play and be a superstar there. I'm sorry, not to win. Yeah. And he's not going to win with the Knicks. No, no, no. But the Hawks and the Pacers have something that these other a lot of these other teams that might be vying for him have, and that's not a lot of the big contract yet. The Hawks paid Trey Young. That's their one big one. And Indiana, I don't think, really has that kind of thing right now because they just traded the big one with Sabonis. And Halliburton healed their unaffordable deals. And for that, they can make that kind of thing work. And both of them have good young depth. Atlanta trades Collins and maybe DeAndre Hunter or something like that. And then Indiana could pay, trade a lot. Even one of the guards that they got they, from the Kings, they could trade they, they could trade so many different things. Uh, TJ Warren, when he comes back, they got a lot. And Turner should be the centerpiece of that deal. Mm. So they have all these kinds of options they could do as well. Uh, Carl says, Zion reminds me of Sean Kemp in his Cavs days. Probably. And uh, Cavs guards injuries really hurt them if Levert can be He's healthy. He's better than Sean Kemp. He's better than Sean Kemp, especially when he played with the Supersonics. Uh, I, I would believe so. I mean, look at the talent that he is. And, and when he has played, I mean, he's averaging 25 points. He's averaging almost uh, 10, assi- 10, uh, I'm sorry, sorry, 10 rebounds and like five assists. I mean, uh, he's, he's been fantastic. He, Zion Williamson, when he does play, he's very, it's very hard to say that he's not a good player on the court. He's a fantastic player, very good talent. Carl also says, Cavs guards injuries really hurt them. If Levert can be healthy, he helps, but he struggles to stay healthy. Mm. Yeah, that'll be the big key because we know the Cavs have the size because Mobley has been Rookie of the Year so far. Jared Allen's been very good. And interior, they got a lot of it. And also a Bickerstaff system defensively has really helped them rebound well. So the guard play is going to be the wild card of it because a lot of it is young all at once. Darius Garland's been better this year. Colin Sexton's still kind of up and down, and so is the kid Akora they yep. drafted a couple of years ago. So, yeah, there's a lot of question marks still with that. And Levert, I think, ends up being the best one ultimately when he is healthy, but is not a pure point guard either. So the, could they find uh, could they have Garland or Sexton take over that kind of role come playoff time too will be another question, especially against what is probably going to be a, a tough defensive team wherever they end up, either whether it's Milwaukee, even a team like Toronto, Boston. They're all good defensive teams. Milwaukee is really the only big name offensive team of that group, but defensively, we'll see where the Cavs will be able to hang with that. Uh, yeah. Oh, my bad, Carl. Sexton is out for the year. I thought he was coming back late in the season. No, he's out for the year. Okay. Uh, Sexton says Zion is a good player, but apparently a lousy teammate. I was not hearing that though. I I know people are saying that they're at, he's at the out of shape thing, the weight. Uh, him being lazy and uh, like being isolated a lot of the time, but I don't think he's like that in comparison. We were just mentioning Ben Simmons earlier. I don't think he's really like that. His Zion. family doesn't want him there. Okay, yeah. his family doesn't want him in New Orleans. Uh, his family wants him in a big city. Uh, he is from Florida. Maybe he goes down. Maybe Miami finds a way to trade for him. I mean, he'd feel very well at home over there. Maybe Orlando. Orlando has a ton of picks and a ton of young players and young talent. I mean, I don't know why he would want to go to Orlando, obviously. I mean, they're a horrible team. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I mean, he wants to go to a big city. Maybe Miami makes a lot of sense. Pat Riley maybe will pull the trigger for a guy like Zion Williamson. Is he willing to wait a year for Zion Williamson? Because I don't know if he's playing next year early 
early in the season. It might take him another, right. you know, half a year to recuperate from a surgery, a foot surgery of this magnitude. And I do believe that if he goes to the Knicks or he goes to Chicago, he's going to have to lose weight. There's no way the New York Knicks with Tom Thibodeau is going to bring in a Zion Williamson weighing 290 pounds. There's no way Miami's going to tolerate that either. You no. don't think Pat Riley's going to come up to Zion and say you have to lose 20, no. 25 pounds? Absolutely not. Right. So I think it, it, Zion Williamson, I think, will be traded from the Pelicans. If it's not... Th- this offseason, sometime next season, before the trade deadline, he will be traded. I think his rookie contract's up after next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to have to move him because if they don't, he's not going to re-sign that rookie contract. and he, he, They're going to lose him anyways. So uh, I, I think he'll he'll make more money signing that rookie contract. But what does he care? He's made a ton of money right now in endorsements. You think uh, a guy like Zion Williamson cares if he loses a couple of million dollars every single year when he's making crazy amount of endorsement money with his sneaker deals and everything. I don't know if he would. Uh, Carl says Zion hasn't reached out to McCollum, so the story was written that he isn't a quality teammate. J.J. Reddick spoke on it on ESPN. Uh, McCollum also did say, though, too, that Zion's a good guy. He wasn't taking shots at him. Mm. So, <laughs> says Zion to the Kings. McCollum, yeah, okay. C.J. McCollum? Yeah. Uh, when they traded for him, apparently Zion, Zion didn't brought, contact they him. They brought C.J. McCollum in because they know what they're doing with Zion Williamson. This is going to be C.J. McCollum's team. It's not Zion Williams' team anymore. I think Zion knows that, okay? And I think Zion wants to go somewhere where he can uh, really produce a little bit more and be that superstar, that center stage piece where that team could build. Now, obviously, he wants to play in New York. I don't know if the Knicks have enough pieces to get him. I don't know what the Pelicans are going to be offering to uh, or want to be offered to get him. So, um, obviously, coming off another foot surgery, another foot surgery could be career-ending. So uh, is the team going to take a chance? We all know about Grant Hill. Grant Hill was never the same player when he hurt his ankle. Never the same player. Came from the same Duke Blue Devils team, if you remember. Remember when the first five years of Grant Hill's career, he was, he was being compared to Michael Jordan. That's how good he was. They were calling him Baby Jordan. And then he hurt his ankle in a game. If you guys remember, he was never the same, ever. And, and that's what happens with, with a one injury that keeps coming and coming and coming. You're never the same. Look at Amari Stoudemire. Right. Amari Stoudemire was one of the best power forwards in the league. People forget how great he was with Phoenix. He hurt his knee. He had that knee surgery. He played for the Knicks. He played at the top of the game for one year with the Knicks. And those three years that the Knicks then the rest of the contract the Knicks signed him for four, he was horrible. And the Knicks knew he was going to be horrible after that first year because everybody knew, including their doctors, told the Knicks that he was not going to last those four years. But the Knicks took the chance. You know why? They needed a superstar to get another superstar to come and play with them, a.k.a. Carmelo Anthony. Well, that remember, that offseason, too, was also the fallout of the big three with Miami, too. And the Knicks were rumored to get... Every, either one of them at certain points in time when it wasn't LeBron before they before they said LeBron he was out on the sweepstakes with the Knicks then they were in the rumors for Dwayne Wade then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they collectively went together Dwayne was decision, never so. coming to the Knicks but no they were the media was hyping it up though I'm not was never I didn't and, believe it and either LeBron but. was never coming to the Knicks either I don't know why anybody thought that was going to happen now if Bronny goes to the Knicks, he gets drafted by the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Expect Bronny, LeBron James to go to the Knicks. I mean, he already said that he wants to play at least one year with his son when he gets right. drafted. And, again, teams are going to look in the big picture here. Even though you don't think Bronny's a top-five talent, teams will look at Bronny to bring him in because if you get Bronny, you get LeBron. 
And LeBron will still be a guy that's going to give you 25, 7, and 7. He's going to give you somewhere around those numbers, and he's going to give you a chance to win, and he gets the chance to play with his son. So uh, don't be surprised if Bronny is a top-five pick, even though he's not a top-five talent uh, going into the NBA draft. Right. The three-year gap is going to make a difference, too, on what team situations are going to look like mm-hmm. as well because yep. NBA players move around all the time. So. By then, you know the Knicks is still going to stink. Okay, <laughs> Probably, so. but all still, right, I mean, so. the, the, it's crazy. The swaps are crazy with the players and also the depth and stuff like that. Now, big market teams are still going to be big market teams to an extent, but still, you're going to have fallouts of – Whatever is going to happen with the Nets, you're going to have fallouts of whatever is going to happen with the Lakers because LeBron only has two years left on his contract, too. So they're going to have to make a decision on him. And if he wants to go with his son, maybe the, those are the last two years. And maybe last year will be his next year, last year with the Lakers. The, Who team, knows? the team that's laughing to the bank right now is Indiana. Indiana made that great trade. They brought Albert, uh, Alberton in. Uh, I mean, they have a bunch of players that they could trade off as centerpieces to a trade in the offseason. They're probably going to be a top six, top 77 uh, lottery choice it, wherever the balls fall. They could be the number one, number two, number three pick. With all the young talent that they have on the team, they could have the number one pick in this year's draft and really put themselves center stage. And they have a great coach in Rick Carlisle. And Donnie Walsh is still a part of that organization helping to run that team. I mean... Indiana could possibly be the number one, number two seed next year with all the moves that they can make in the offseason. It's unbelievable. And Indiana right now is 20 and 40. They're five games under the New York Knicks with the talent that they have. And let's be honest, who, whose roster would you rather right, right now? The Knicks or the Indiana Pacers? I'm sorry. I'm a Knicks fan. I want the Indiana Pacers roster. Yeah. It's not even an argument. No snug. He's probably not going to the Sacramento Kings. No. That's true. No, yeah. especially... Maybe you should have kept Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald. Maybe you had a shot then, but still. Yeah. They've been the medi- epitome of mediocrity. And there's even they don't even have the upside that even some of these other Western Conference teams have, too. The Pelicans have young talent. The the OKC Thunder. Think about all the yep. draft picks they have, too. And the kids oh, that, they have a ridiculous even, amount of picks. Even the kid Giddy they drafted this year is playing very well, too, as a young point guard. So even they have something It'll like that. It'll be another trade right piece back. where they can get two first-round draft picks for <laughs> Yeah, so there's, there's plenty of other teams over the Sacramento Kings. So nice try. <laughs> I mean, if you really look at it, I mean, OKC really positioned themselves to – to be a good team for many, many years. And, and and this year's draft, I mean, it's not crazy good. I mean, you have like six, seven really talented players. And then maybe you'll find a needle in a haystack later in the first round, early second round. That could be a star. But you, you never know. It's usually the first five, six picks. And this year, uh, it's, again, a top-heavy top draft where, you know, if, if you're drafting in a top six, top seven, you're going to get yourself a good player. And, and, and to me... When you look at all these teams, and the Knicks right now, they're a terrible team. But if the Knicks, if the season were to end right now, you have Houston has a worse record than them. OKC has a worse record than them. Uh, Sacramento, the, 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 the Pelicans, the San Antonio Spurs, um, the Orlando Magic, the Detroit, Detroit Pistons, Indiana Pacers. And I, I guess you could say them and Portland have the same record. So... I mean, right now, if the season were to end, the Knicks would be one, two, three, four, 11. five. They'd be six, seven, eight. They'd be nine. They, they're the ninth worst team in the league, if you look at the numbers. They're the ninth worst team. So they'd be drafting, who knows, wherever the picks go and wherever the picks fall. The Knicks would be, you know, obviously probably picking, if they're lucky, six, seven. 
You know what I mean? I don't expect them to fall. For if they're right now, they're the ninth worst team in the league. I don't see the Knicks. Uh, I could see the Knicks falling out of the top ten. I yeah, mean, that would be a classic lottery. Luck, I, I Knicks. mean, I mean, I I don't know where, and, and you only hope that they, somehow they get lucky and their ball doesn't get pulled at number nine, and, and maybe they fall a little bit in like four or five spots, and they get a fourth pick or the fifth pick, where they you know would be a good position for them to be. But I, I mean. R.J. Barrett is is really taking two two steps back. He really hasn't been. I mean, there were parts of this year that he really stood out. I think Julius Randle has really hurt his growth and a lot of these young players' growth. Obi Toppin, I think he could be a sensational player, but we'll never know because we never get a chance to see him. Yeah, he only plays the second quarter for some other for some bizarre reason. And, and he's I, always a plus on the court, and usually by double digits, too. And Tom Thibodeau, I think, will be on his way out because it looks like management don't want him there. He won... Obviously, coach of the year last year, he was he was freaking sensational. This team was playing great team defense, and all of a sudden, this team falling apart. And I, you know who told me this? And Carl said, don't be surprised if this happens. And Carl Falk, he said it. He said that, that Tom Thibodeau is a great coach, but what he does, what he hurts with teams is he, he wears out these older, mid-range older players, and they're never the same players as, you know, as the years go by. So... Carl did say that Tom Thibodeau will not be there as the Knicks head coach that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and right now, I, I mean, there's a guy I keep telling everybody that the Knicks should reach out to. Uh, I, I'll say it again. Speedy, you, you, go ahead. Kenny Atkinson. <laughs> Mr. Chucky. I think he, 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 he actually was an assistant coach with the Knicks. Uh, he helped Lynn Sanity. I mean, Jeremy Lynn wasn't the same player. He wasn't the player that he was without, obviously, Hag- a- a- Atkinson. So... I think Atkinson would be a great fit with the Knicks. I really do. And he can help the younger players develop. And you know what Kenny Atkinson's going to do. He's going to want to keep the younger players and get rid of the veteran players. He's going right. to want to really work and really build around the, the youth of this team. And Grimes, in certain games this year, Grimes has looked like a really good player. I mean, really could turn out to be an Allen Houston type of player. He, yeah, they've all had their stretches, the young players. They just can't – they never get they a chance get to do it time. consistently. Yeah, they don't get enough time on the court. We don't know what they are. Uh, he can, You know who reminds me? Grimes reminds me of a booker. That's where – I can I, see that, like a little bit lo- below, but like I can see a, like a, that kind of thing because he had a similar skill set out of college and actually looked better in college because he got the playing time over Booker because Booker came off the bench for Kentucky, Kentucky that team that year. So, I, yeah, I, I could see that kind of thing too. Probably a little behind, but not, but not far off either at his peak. The fact is right now, uh, and by the way, maybe the Knicks should sign Don Mattingly to their skipper. I mean, if you get the if you get the Marlins version, maybe if you get the Dodgers version, hell no. I, I mean, right now, uh, where a lot of these teams are in these these younger, mid range, growing teams, Indiana, out of all the teams, is set up very, very well. Uh, Jalen, you know, obviously, uh, Jalen, um, the guy in Houston. I'm sorry. Uh, Jalen Green. Jalen Green, who was in the slam dunk contest, who played in the G League. He looks like he's going to be a good player, but Houston is the worst team in the NBA right now, or mm. the third worst team in the NBA right now. They're going to they're gonna be drafting in the top three, top four for the next couple of years, but uh, to have a piece like Jalen Green that you can build around, I mean, you get two or three of those type of players, watch out. I mean, it, it's, it's a huge problem. With, with, with the Knicks, the Knicks get the number – the number three pick with R.J. Barrett, a couple of years before that, they got Chris Tapps Porzingis. He ran himself out of there. <laughs> and now, you know, who knows? R.J. Barrett might run himself out of New York, too. So the Knicks can never hold on to players, and that's the problem with the New York Knicks. So 
Uh, as far as bad, you know, the other things that we've heard, what are the other rumors that we're hearing from basketball? Uh, before we get to that, I just want to read the last three yeah. snug comments. Uh, snug says the Sacramento way is to develop talent and then trade it off to be successful. Yeah, but where's the successful part? They haven't made the playoffs since 2001 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but LOL, and they got lucky to get Ewing in 85. Yeah, that was the last time, Snug. Mm. That's what we're getting at. Uh, the Tibbs might be a, must be a pain to work by with. By the way, that was set up by the league to get Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing wanted to play for the Knicks. The Knicks wanted that. Patrick Ewing was that... that absolute superstar that everybody knows knows and David Stern made sure that the Knicks got Patrick Ewing and I the Knicks haven't gotten lucky like that ever again I mean the Knicks were weren't even supposed to be a top five uh, you know they shouldn't have even been in the top five and that was the first year of the lottery wasn't it I don't remember I think <laughs> it was the first year of the lottery and, and they won the lottery so and they haven't won the lottery since then so look at that so the other, that out, yeah, 30 so, some odd years later. Yeah, so the other Knicks-related thing was, Ke- was Kemba years. Walker. Now he's going to be sitting out for the rest of the season. It was a mutual decision by both parties. Are they going to trade him? Are they going to cut him? Kemba says they don't, wanna, they don't think they're going to buy him out from what they're hearing. No, they're going to trade him. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to get for him, but they, he'll be in addition to a trade if they want to trade Julius Randle. Like I said, uh, you, you put him and Kemba Walker in a couple of picks for uh, Zion Williamson or Anthony Davis or something like that going to Lakers or something like that. Yeah, because that kind of thing. Or Donovan the, Mitchell. Yeah, because that kind of thing with the money makes sense in terms of swapping the contracts where you might not even have to get a third team involved, too, where you might not have to sell off extra draft picks for another team to take that kind of thing on, too, if it is. Let's say Donovan Mitchell, for example, because who wants out of Utah? He's been really clear to say that he wants out and he wants to play in New York. He grew up a Mets fan. He's been trying to promote the Mets and try to bring more free agents to come for the Mets. He's from this Utah's area. Utah's favorite baseball team. Yeah, he he's from this area. He lo- He grew up a Knicks fan. He he always and, and the Knicks were really stupid when they had a chance to draft him. They really had a chance. That really could have solidified this team. There were so many times uh, where the Knicks were like one player or two players away from getting a superstar that could have helped this team grow, and they just were wrong with the picks that they had. So yeah. Now yeah. the the reason I say Utah though also is they don't have other these other big contracts on no. their team. Gobert has a big contract, but even his is not a super max. And then the rest of their team are all role players. That, they just traded Ingles. I, I forget where they just traded Ingles, who had the next biggest contract on the team. Conley's got a big one, but it's that's rounding out. And I think he took a pay cut a little bit this year anyway. So. Utah is another one that if they want to trade Donovan Mitchell and they could still get other quality players might consider taking on Kemba Walker's contract because we've seen Utah succeed with good depth too. So if Quinn Snyder wants to look at the Knicks roster, or even if they had a third team involved to take on extra players, the Knicks might say, all right, we'll give you this guy also just to take on Kemba's contract too and make that kind of thing work. Yep. So a, a smaller market team might have that kind of leeway with that. And Utah with Donovan Mitchell wanting out and uh, wanting to go to the Knicks, like you were saying, it definitely could work for that kind of scenario with the state of where the Nick, uh, where the jazz are in terms of the way they've worked. And look at the jazz bringing in Conley too. Conley's contract was the highest when he signed it, it was the highest contract in basketball at the time. So it was considered a bad contract and the, the Utah jazz, when they traded for him, amidst all those injuries he had with Memphis made that kind of thing work so maybe they're the team that thinks okay maybe we can rebirth that kind of thing especially with Donovan Mitchell not being the ball handler primarily as much anymore either if he would be there no, in that scenario he's not he's right. not, and, and that's a, he's the best player on the, on that team there's not even a question anybody that argues that Donovan Mitchell isn't the best player on the Utah Jazz is an idiot 
Okay, he is the best player on that team. Uh, but they have Rudy Gobert, who's defensive. He's won three defensive players of the year. I mean, they have, uh, what's his name again? Conley, uh, Conley, Conley, who's a great point guard in this league. Very underrated. And this team will be dangerous again in the playoffs, but they're, not, they're, they're still not good enough to win. They're not beating Phoenix. They're not beating Golden State. I don't even know if they'll beat the Lakers in a seven-game series. I don't even know if they'll beat Memphis. Yeah, Memphis so, is a lot of depth, too. So, I, I, I mean, Donovan Mitchell has already spoken his piece. I know... Dwayne Wade is now co-owner of that team, so uh, he's going to have a lot of say of where you know where Donovan Mitchell is going to go if they're willing to trade him. And I know he'll try to do anything he possibly can to to keep Donovan Mitchell there. But Donovan Mitchell has been really open to say that he wants to. If there's a team he wants to go to, it's surprising to say he wants to go and play for the Knicks. Yeah, and unfortunately, region still matters. Where that kind of thing is going to be hard to get together in Salt Lake City, Utah. Great fan base over there. Yeah. They're passionate, but again, it, are the players going to want to go there? Is another question. Now we've seen that kind of thing with the exception with Giannis with he resigned him resigning with Milwaukee but are there enough of those kinds of players that you're going to get that kind of thing to work is going to be a challenge even though Dwayne Wade's name reputation could help it's still not going to be a big thing because again eventually these players are going to get younger and further away from the generational gap of I guess Dwayne Wade being like a relevancy and influence for basketball for them kind of thing too. So how much leverage is it going to have for a 16-year-old kid, especially if they change the NIL, uh, not the NIL rules, the one and done rules too, where you have all these high school kids that'll start to come out again. like they Which I believe to. they will do. I think they're leaning towards that maybe in a two, anywhere from next two to five years or something like that. I could definitely see that kind of thing changing. We'll see how it works with the NIL rules too in terms of the influence that'll have as well because I feel like there will be other players, mm. like we were saying, with Brody Jr., they're going to want to take advantage of those kinds of, of endorsements, too, especially if they are a big name. Well, the endorsements, he's going to make his endorsements when he goes to college basketball for one year. So, mm-hmm. Bronny's going to make enough money. He doesn't need his father's money, but his father's going to be, he's right now uh, crossing a billion dollars. He's going to be worth a billion dollars. He, he's, he's producing his movies now. I mean, uh, he's got his own TV show on HBO. I mean, uh, the guy is everywhere, and LeBron James, after his career, he's going to do what Michael Jordan did. He's going he's gonna to build a product and a brand that is going to make money for years and years and years. He's never going to have to worry about money again. And I don't think Bronny will either, but again, right. I think Bronny wants to make his own name. He wants to stage his own name where it's not about his father. It's not going to be all about his father. But it's going to be very interesting with the NBA moving forward, even at the end of the season and where some players are going to go. I, I, I do believe you're going to see a lot of maneuvering in the offseason, especially with the Lakers. If the Lakers don't make the playoffs, they're going to have to decide what they're going to do moving forward. I could absolutely see them moving. The, the, the highest profile player that they can move in the offseason, and it's not going to be LeBron James because they need to keep LeBron James because he puts p- fannies in the seats. It's Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. Uh, they are, he's under contract. I think he's 27, 28 years old. He's still fairly young in the prime of his career. Uh, he is a cha- trade ch- chip that they can move and, and rebuild uh, their old, scrappy Laker team. The oldest roster in NBA history. Yeah, so, I, I, and I, I, you know, Carmelo Anthony won't be there next year. Russell Westbrook won't be there next year. Uh, Dwight Howard won't be there next Ray year. Ray Rondo's already gone. <laughs> I, I mean, th- this team is going to be completely different when, when we talk about the Lakers next year. Uh, you know, going into it. By the way, uh, where, where's that uh, uh, Evan Permutter? We haven't heard from him anymore, Mr. Laker fan. <laughs> He's talking about, oh, the Lakers are better than the Knicks. Yeah. Right now, the Lakers are a ninth seed, and the Knicks are like a 12th seed so, or 11th now, seed. 
he, so he's, much better. He sold his fandom in 2018. Was that what his a what, jerk? Was that his year? 2018. I don't know when he sold I, his. I, he I, was I know, a moron. I, I, yeah, I just I just was curious because you were. I know you said you knew him and Matt and Vinny were. Yeah, good he's friends a moron. Okay, so you heard it. Four years later, so so I'll just 2018 because I think that's what I remember the story. Four years later, he'll sell his Laker fandom to go somewhere else why again. He, why don't he sell his underwear, okay? Because I don't know why anybody would buy his his Nick fandom to turn it into a Laker. Who cares, okay? I could care less what he does. Go sell your underwear. Nobody would buy it for more than a penny. Do you believe that somebody bought his fandom for like $2,000? Yeah, I know. I, I mean, who would waste their time? It was all over the news. It was on ESPN because nobody had anything to talk about because it was the starting of COVID, right? It was the starting no, of COVID. No, it was before that. It was like 2018 or something yeah, like that. that it was that summer. But yeah, whatever. it was, it was after the NBA season. So there, it was. it's kind of a dead time where it's only just baseball going jerk. on. Uh, Snug says, Utah's favorite uh, baseball team is the Salt Lake City Bees. If you're ever in Salt Lake City, go to Crown Burger. Their pastrami hamburgers Ooh. are amazing. Mm. Uh, Brett Goldstein says, we need Josh back. Mm. And Snug says, I, the, I heard the Lakers were going to win three championships in a row. <laughs> we should laugh, okay? I mean, everybody needs to come back. Maybe, maybe if I uh, wore your underwear on my head again, it would make a lot of sense, okay? It is unbelievable. But... Uh, I have some segments, uh, you know, we're going to be adding to the show moving forward on the show, and we're going to make bets with some people, and if you lose a bet, we're going to actually do something on the show where you're going to have to throw yourself out there and look like a complete ass, okay, which we always do anyway. Speedy looks like an ass right now. Look at his, uh, you know, greasy hair. I mean, seriously. Snug will willingly do it. He just has to come up here. Well, Snug, <laughs> Snug is a hairy monster. I mean, l- 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 listen, Snug has lost a lot of bets. He's Over the years... Uh, all the bets that he has lost, he's actually um, – I've had guys uh, actually – I think Snug was one of the guys that had to write something on his butt and actually oh, send it God. to Twitter. Oh, I mean, God. Uh, seriously. I mean, I with everything that we do here, we like to have fun with the fans, and we got get everybody involved. And, and Snug, who's been a, a valuable fan for years and years out – by the way, you know why Jeff's not in the feed right now? Jeff's at a midget, yeah, midget wrestling match, okay? Just mm-hmm. so everybody knows – He's watching a bunch of midgets wrestle. So anybody wants to know where Jeff is tonight, uh, he was going to actually appear on our feed tonight. Uh, Now that uh, Tyler is no longer with us, and if everybody knows that, uh, he always thought that Tyler was a racist. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, Jeff, you're going to start. Jeff's going to start the parade now. Listen. And I want to give a shout out to Tyler because this this has nothing against him. I I think Tyler needs it, you know, time off to figure out what he needs to do with his life and unfortunately we can't wait for him we have to move forward for what we do here and 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 what we do here is we entertain people we make people laugh and we talk sports and that's what we do and tyler looks like he was falling asleep in his chair half the time and when he wasn't he was coughing he was sneezing and he was putting his thumb up his ass and then, mean, we, and then, we, and then we bring fun? up aaron boone and then he's back to getting uh, angry oh that's that's another thing we sit here and talk about the yankees and we'll get into the whole yankee thing every time we talked about the yankees it was throw the yankees under the bus throw them under the bus oh you yankee fans oh you yankee fans you know what tyler and and i i said this after the show and this is this is what makes me laugh about tyler this guy is a this guy is a Yankee fan, but he he, he speaks so highly of he the ma- Mets. He makes he makes the Yankees yeah. front office look like the Angels. I, I know he makes the Yankees. Come on, the Yankees have made how many consecutive 
you know, how, how many consecutive seasons have they won? Like 31? It's 1992, yeah. I, I mean, seriously, almost more than 30 years of great baseball, the Yankees have never had a losing season. But because the Yankees haven't won a championship since 2009, oh my God, we got to jump off a plank. I mean, seriously. Not everybody wins a championship. Baseball is one of the hardest championships to win. The Braves finally won. When was the last time the Braves won? 95. I mean, seriously. Give me a break. Yes, Carl. Tyler Grubhub's Harrison signing off. Grubhub hands Harrison signing off. Well, we called him the Duff. You know, and what was the Duff stand for? What does Duff stand for? Drunk, ugly, or not drunk, uh, designated ugly fat friend. That's right. He's a Duff. I mean, I love Tyler, but he was the Duff of the show, you know? But I, I, like I said, good luck to Tyler. I hope everything works, you know, well for him moving forward and whatever his endeavors are. Um, hopefully he doesn't get drunk because it seemed like every single time he was on the show, he was drunk or doing something to get himself drunk. But <laughs> Don't worry. At least Jarvis Green was encouraged <laughs> with the strawberry heady. That was all he was talking about. We had Jarvis Green on the show, and Jarvis Green was getting drunk in the back of a taxi, okay? He was on our show. And then Tyler's telling everybody, he's, he's deciding what – what new drink Jarvis should drink, you know? I mean, oh, I'm drinking this. Oh, I'm drinking that. I mean, come on. We're talking to a, you know, an ex-NFL player. Yes, he's having fun. He's, he's a little drunk. But this guy's sitting over here telling him, well, I've been drinking strawberry heading since the afternoon. I mean, like, seriously. Why are you going to sit here hey, and Jar- Jarvis is a hardworking sea- seafood <laughs> distributor, I thought so. Jarvis is awesome, by the way. He was fun. And, and he's coming out for my birthday, too. I, I, I'm going to get Jarvis... Uh, Jarvis Green to come out for my birthday. We're going to have Worthy come out for bir- my birthday. We're going to get some ex-NFL players to come out and celebrate my birthday. And Worth, uh, Worth, right. Darrell Worthy. Worthy. He, he actually, his birthday is one day before mine. Right. So uh, it, it'll be fun. We'll, we'll celebrate my 40th. He will be, I think uh, he'll be 35. I think 34. Yeah, he'll be 30. My favorite number, man. That's my, hey, look, guys, 34. Yeah, I, I got it on my neck. Look. 34, right over here. That was my, my sports number growing up. So I got it on my neck. So 34 is a very big number, by the way. And that was the, the age my father passed away. So. <laughs> it's his happy early birthday, yeah. It's about two months from now. Nithin, it's two months. <laughs> Nithin, you could come out for my birthday. Everybody can come out for my birthday. It is, is something that you'll never forget. By the way, we had my birthday on a yacht on the Nordica Mile last year. Yep. 150 people came out, COVID or no COVID. Everybody came out. Two DJs. Everybody was drunk and wasted. Thank God they didn't jump off the boat. Anyways, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking to ESPN talent producer. Yes, Katie Hennessy. Here on what, Speedy? The Sports Loudmouth. Oh, God, don't throw me off the road. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouth. This pop in the air, that's what I'm talking about. We are the Sports Lab Mounts. As you know, I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy, Petey. The number to call us is 631-672-3108 is the number. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You know what's so funny? 
Uh, before for the last couple of days, I have not been able to get on my Instagram. It, it's been horrible. And then I keep going to my Instagram, and they keep telling me to put this code in. It's a lock button, and I'm going all over. I'm reaching out to Instagram, Instagram, keep sending them things, and they keep telling me, "Well, do this, do that, do this, do that." All day long, before the show, for two and a half hours, while Speedy was editing another show, I was sitting there trying to figure it out. I'm telling you right now, the guys and the people at Instagram are a bunch of morons. Anyways, that was my whole rant. Um, anyways, uh, as you guys know, we were going to get this very special guest. Nithin was the one uh, that told me a little bit about her, and I said, you know what? Give me her information. I'll let my producer reach out to her. And we are now talking to ESPN talent producer Katie Hennessy. What's going on, Katie? Hi, how are you guys? We are good, man. I mean, look at Speedy. I mean, he never does his hair. You look great. You have a nice little bow in your hair. Speedy. Thank you. Uh, my mom made this. Oh, wow. It looks beautiful. I, I think you need to make, uh, you tell your mom to make a bow for Speedy. I think he needs something to make himself look a little bit more prettier. That would look weird with the headphones, though. No, it wouldn't. I think it would look good for you. Like the bangs. You could pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> a bangs. I'll tell you right now. I lost a bet, so I had to wear his dirty underwear on my head last night. It was not night. dirty. Whatever it was. I heard you guys mention that, and I was like, I wonder if that's real situation or if that. Unfortunately, you know, it was. I had I agitated. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was. I had to do it three weeks ago with uh, his uh, his girlfriend's underwear. Yes, Yo, listen, I, he lost the bet, and he had to. I would have rather worn my girlfriend's underwear than my than his underwear. Okay, at least uh-huh. it it has some kind of smell to it. I mean that. I mean, Speedy was he had he had it in a double bag. Okay, he pulled it out like it was dirty. Okay, I had to put that on my head like a do-rag. But anyways, uh, just uh, not, enough said on that. Um, by the way, uh, how did you, first of all, how did you become a talent producer for ESPN? Um, thank you guys for having me. You guys are so funny to listen to leading up into this show I was listening. Um, so thank you guys so much for having me. So process of me becoming a talent producer, I've kind of been all around the map. Uh, I started at ESPN when I was 21 wow. doing a night shift. Uh, I'm 31 now. So it's been 10 years of my life. You're a baby. Uh, after... I, I was a baby when Still I started. Still a baby. Now, now I feel a little, I know you mentioned the 34 is your favorite number. I feel like I'm like close to that. When you said that it's, you know, getting there. Um, but thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. So I bounced around. I did the whole internship thing when I was in college, I went to college at Cal state Fullerton mm-hmm. and kind of lucked into my first job, giving someone from ESPN a tour. And that's just, you know, ended up in a job that I didn't love at ESPN, but worked my way around the company. And here I am talent producing. I was a publicist at Walt Disney Studios before, so worked on the Marvel movies, the Star Wars oh, wow. movies, all those movies. Uh, so, yeah, I've had multiple lives in the industry, I guess. We are talking to ESPN talent producer Katie Hennessy. Now, Katie, explain to the fans what a talent producer really does for ESPN. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So at other places, they're called bookers or talent bookers. You might hear that more commonly in late night. I'm sure your producer of your show wears many hats and is also booking. Um, But it basically is, we're like the heartbeat. We're the tastemakers. We're the ones finding the stories and trying to uh, place the talent with the stories that already exist. So Brady's retiring. What's that kind of ripple effect look like guest wise? Who would go good on what show? What show's going to care more about NFL today than perhaps another show by the end of the day? So we're the ones placing 
talent, meaning celebrities or athletes onto shows across platforms, because as you guys know, there's so many platforms now. It's not just ESPN you see in a bar. It's shows like this Mm -hmm. and radio and podcasts and ESPN plus it's all over the map now. So you got to kind of know where to plug and play. So in the industry, have you had any different types of experiences, any favorite types of experiences you had either with ESPN or elsewhere and any experiences you would want to endeavor, whether again, whether it's with ESPN, whether it's with talent, anything else like that? Yeah. So I have, I think I have a couple interesting stories. I'll tell you guys one that kind of took me back a little bit. My most like starstruck moment. I was at Disney and we were doing a screening of Black Panther mm-hmm. um, for mm-hmm. Zoe Saldana, who's Gamora in Guardians of the Galaxy. If you're listeners are Marvel fans. Of course. Um, but she said, Hey, can we get a private screening for me and some of my friends in my neighborhood? And we're like, sure. We set it up like a movie theater on the lot, did the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. Her neighbors and her friends and her kids, no big deal. In walks Adele, in walks Cameron Diaz, in walks Ashton and Mila. That's the neighborhood. Those are her neighbors. Mm-hmm. So that for me was kind of like, well, shit, this is really cool. We're working on a film that all these people want to see, but they don't want to kind of deal with that, taking their kids out in public situation Mm. and getting kind of bombarded. So that was a cool moment for me meeting Kobe. That was, so you can see all my Kobe gear. I see. Um, Yeah. May he rest in peace. Um, He was attending a movie premiere and the movie had Oprah in it and Reese Witherspoon. (laughs) Oh, I remember that movie. Yes. Yeah. Wrinkle in Time, Mm -hmm. Ava DuVernay's film. And I remember walking into the theater and he had to post up by the front of the theater and just let people come to him. Like in a room where Oprah is in the room, everybody gravitated towards Kobe. So that was a really cool moment to talk to him. And like, he only wanted to talk about his girls and sports and women in sports. So I was like all ears listening to him. It was really cool to see him in that, like not player mode or the dad husband mode. You know what I mean? Mm, Absolutely. As, as you guys know, we were talking to ESPN talent producer, Katie Hennessy, you know, it's so funny because I, I actually had an opportunity. I did some internships over there at ESPN and I, I'm not a big Stephen A. Smith fan. Everybody knows me on this show. I I've had my, Outbursts. I actually, two years ago, on the Stephen A. Smith radio show, I called his show, and I called him out on his boxing knowledge. And he has this infatuation with uh, Floyd Mayweather, okay? He, I know Floyd. I he think he's the greatest boxer of all time. So I, I asked him a silly question, and he couldn't answer the question. So okay. then, he attacked, then he attacked my knowledge in boxing, I said, don't attack my knowledge because I know a lot more from Mike Tyson's underwear to what Mike Tyson wore, uh, you know, in the fight, uh, you know, in 1986. Okay. I, okay. I, I, I knew a lot. So I, I am not a big fan of Stephen A. Smith, but I, I love some of their shows. I'm very good friends uh, with Don LeGrecker. Don LeGrecker is one of my mentors. I've known oh, him for, nice. for a very long time. Michael Kay, another guy very well respected in the media world. What is yeah. it like working with all these great analysts, these broadcasters that have really built their careers from from really from the bottom to the top? Yeah, you have those waves too, right, at ESPN. Like you do have the Stephen A's of the world and the Holly Rose, like right. people who have been there a while. Um, and I love Stephen A, but I 
I get what you're saying with the boxing knowledge. I couldn't go toe to toe with you on boxing knowledge. I couldn't go toe to toe with him either, but um, I totally get what you're saying. I think it's good to have those opinions that kind of go at each other. It makes for good content. Absolutely. Right? So sure, Absolutely. I'm sure you gave him great content that day. I did. Um, I did. Yeah. I mean, sure. you know what? He, we, we should actually work together because everybody tells me if, if Stephen A was sitting right across the table from me, uh, it would be back and forth, namor and attacking one another because he thinks he knows more than everybody else. And I have an answer for every single question that he has. So there you go. Well, there you go. You yeah. have an answer. You have the voice for it. You <laughs> got it you. all. Um, but yeah, it's cool to be around people who, you know, I've watched grow up, right. you know, the Doris Burks of the world, people like that. Susie, I just met Susie Colbert at a, at the Super Bowl, And I was like, Oh my God, you know, and Chris Berman, people like that. But it's also very cool how you can watch some of our Twitter shows and see like Christine Williamson and Scooby and Jason and people like that who are more of our age and kind of doing it a different way, but still creating their own path at ESPN, like carving out their own niche, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's very uh, rewarding to see the various levels of people. And you have the Freddie Coleman's who have done it forever, but are the nicest human beings in the world, Mm. like bringing you in and being like, yeah, you're part of my show. And yeah, (laughs) I appreciate your opinion. And you're just like, holy shit, you care about what I think? It's crazy. It's kind of weird because I've watched it my whole life, you know? <laughs> so in terms of the, uh, I guess, expansion of like just in general with ESPN, since you started working there, we, we've seen a lot yeah. of them with the with the college, fo- uh, college football, especially now getting a lot of coverage, college basketball now. Uh, you have the ACC and SEC networks that are owned by that. And now hockey all of a sudden too. So what are some of the main differences, both in terms of the sports and also in terms of like the approach that they have uh, that you've seen over there and s- some of those people, those newer people you got to meet amidst all that? Wow. These questions, you guys are good. Um, I definitely think the word approach is correct. What you just said, the way that I would approach booking for my shows for SEC Network is going to be different than ACC, different than a college football countdown to game day, game day, you know, everything's kind of kind of be different. Um, it just depends on what they're looking for too. Like the audiences are all different, right? Like the SEC, you're going to have fans who are in the South who like live and die for football. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have other shows. Like I worked on Spain and Fitz's radio show and that's a national show. Mm-hmm. So the tones are going to be different. So I think that that's kind of what you have to mentally prepare for. If you want to get into this business, like you might think it's one thing, but there's all these different varieties of the same color, right? Like you want vanilla ice cream, but you can get it in 10 different ways. So I think that it's just a matter of knowing who your talent is, right? Knowing who the audience is and playing to both of those and what's going on out here, right? What we're talking about, we could talk about Aaron Rodgers for an hour because (laughs) you guys both seem to have good opinions on any topic I could say. So we could talk about Aaron Rodgers for an hour and I could know that, hey, these two guys can do that. Whereas other shows, it might be like a five minute thing. So it's knowing your show, your talent, and then kind of what's going on out here in the in the ether of sports and entertainment. No, we'll end up doing that for the next hour, probably because we have a Packers guest <laughs> as our next guest. So. That's true. There you go. Look at look at the tease for that. That worked out perfect. You know what's so funny? I, I'd rather talk about his ex wife or fiance. Okay, I'd rather talk about her because Which it one? seems. Uh, that's true too. I mean, that's true too. But uh, it's so funny because everybody likes to throw Aaron Rodgers under the bus, but Aaron Rodgers yeah. to me is is the best all around player right now in the NFL. He's been the best all around player in the NFL besides Aaron Donald in the last five yeah. six years. Uh, yeah. 
as everybody knows, we are talking to ESPN talent producer Katie Hennessy. You know, it, it's so funny because we we all know uh, we we before this before we had this show and before we were going to interview in, interview you uh, you told us that you were an LA fan. Uh, yeah. Nithin told me that you were going uh, out to LA for yeah. the Super Bowl. So what yeah. was it like? Uh, celebrating your L.A. Rams in the Super Bowl, Matthew Stafford winning the Super Bowl for your team, after everybody was throwing him under the bus saying, oh, this guy can't do it, he can't do it. Meanwhile, he comes from the Lions. He wins the Super Bowl his first year with the L.A. Rams. And then I saw a couple of pictures. You had a couple of pictures with Clayton Kershaw. What was it like going to some of those parties out there, celebrating your L.A. Rams winning the Super Bowl? I know I should add a Super Bowl banner in here of my Rams. Um, I guess I can claim them as my Rams. I feel like LA fandom sometimes is like, oh, the Kings won. Go, Kings, go. <laughs> also, can we just say that Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers have the same amount of rings now, right? That's let's, true. That's let's true. keep that clear. So people who are talking shit on Matt Stafford, there you go. <laughs> At the end of the day, all things considered, you know what I mean? Obviously different careers. Of but course. I was – talking so much trash at the Super Bowl in the same row as a bunch of Bengal fans. I was like, if we pull this off, I'm going to get a tattoo of an LA on me. And everyone's like, okay, sure. And I'm like, sure enough, there it is. <laughs> Look how small oh, it is. <laughs> it's tiny. I know. I'm trying to go with like the tiny, cute, like girly look. But um, yeah, I never did. Like having the Dodgers win was like my whole heart. And then the Lakers, I love the Lakers as well. And then now another team, it's just like the city of champions. And I think it would have been cool to have one giant parade, but Mm. the moment has kind of passed for the 2020 teams, but yeah, Kershaw, that was amazing. Um, That was part of what I did with ESPN, our pre tailgate party. Um, I kind of took my breath away a little bit because Clayton Kershaw to me in LA is like Kobe, right? Like, yeah, they've been at the same team forever. Fingers crossed. He doesn't go back home to Dallas and the Rangers or whoever. I hope he finishes his career as a Dodger, but it was cool. Those parties and whatnot. I didn't go to a ton of them. I went to a couple of things while I was out there. Um, I'm personally a little nervous about COVID still, Mm. but once you're in the moment, everything feels normal again. And it's just like, Oh, the difference is I have a mask on, but I've never been to a Super Bowl before. So the whole thing felt abnormal Mm. until like an hour or two into it. And I'm like, Oh, all right. You know, Bryce is right there, Bryce Young and yeah. Clayton Kershaw and Chris Berman. And you just kind of look around Matt, Matthew Barry and it's fun. It's all, it's a wild experience. And I look up and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I here? You know, it's just one of those kind of moments where I'm sure you guys have interviewed people where you're like, is this me? What? <laughs> you know, like, I can't believe it. But you know, it's, it fun- like it's funny. Moments. It's funny that you said that because yeah. I was in Miami for the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I was going to go this year uh, okay. to do the interviews. And I was at the Stanley Cup finals in uh, a couple of years ago when St. Louis won the cup. I was on the ice. Uh, you know, I, Brett Hall was there. Uh, Al McGinnis. Guys oh, cool. that I, I played, you know, I wanted to play against when I was playing hockey before I hurt my knee and I lost my, you know, I lost my way to wherever I was going to go as a professional athlete. But it, yeah. it is so funny when, when you think about it, when you see these guys, they're no longer players. And we've interviewed a ton of people that we've respected. We followed when we were kids and we're like, oh, my God, he's fantastic. And then we interview and you're like, it's, it, they're completely different people when you're interviewing them. You're having, you're having a little bit of fun with them. It, it's really yeah. amazing. It really is. So I think that's a testament to you being an interviewer, though, you guys, because it's like they have that persona. Mm-hmm. There was do. a basketball player that I was trying to get an interview with, um, 
and he was on a TV show at the time. And it's like, you're going to pull out the bad part of his personality if you, you know, go down this certain path of questions. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, you know, because they have their like professional, right? Which the world kind of sees. And then they have their, you know, their own personality, Mm -hmm. right? And I think people forget that. But when you get in front of them and you have a good line of questioning, it just slowly peels them back. So well, I think that's a testament to your questions mm-hmm. if, the, if you're able to get them to act a little more human. Well, it's so funny that you say that because I think there was only one interview that we've had on this show that the guy kind of just like was like came off just like thinking that we were crazy. And I used to oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I used to ask these silly questions. I would get five, six silly questions for anybody that we interviewed. Who was okay. the Bulls uh, analyst? Chuck we Skorsky. We had Chuck on the show. He knew quick. Yes. PDPD knew quick. Yes. So we had Chuck he on the show. He brings it up all the time because of this. Yes. So we had Chuck on the show, and we, we had special music for him. And so I said, Chuck, we're going to ask you five crazy questions. You ready to answer them? He says, how crazy are they going to be? I was like, I don't know. We're going to go with it, okay? So we, we I asked him the first two questions. He answers and he's laughing. So I said, the third question I had for him, I said, listen, Chuck, if there was a pair of women clothes that you could go out in public that you could wear, what would they be? And what type of lipstick, color lipstick you would wear <laughs> when you went out in public? He sat, he stood there for a, he sat there for a second. He looked at me and he was like, are you serious? I said, yeah, I want to, I want to know what you would do if you I feel were like, that would be easy though. Like sweatpants <laughs> and clear lip gloss, right? Like you could do something basic or you could do something fun. The funnier, the funnier part of it though, is we actually had a earlier in that same show. We had the ex pass rusher for the Broncos and the Ravens, Trevor price on the show. And he was saying he would go full nude. <laughs> so. oh, oh. What a variety, what a colorful variety of answers. So yeah, you, you went from that extreme where he rolled with everything to, oh. to chuck completely swarming off the show you asked the question he just answered it honestly oh man he he, i we i we still haven't gotten back on the show (laughs) oh no you gotta be like all right let's try again you guys are andy cohen in this situation like we're gonna plead the fifth and ask you questions and you can only not answer one that's the kind of vibe i'm getting with that (laughs) well you know what's funny because when, when we when we interview these guys, we always tell them before the show, this is not like any other interview you've ever had. We'll ask you some silly questions. We'll ask you the regular questions to everybody. And then we're going to go off topic where, you know, when people listen to shows in any kind of radio, they get bored of the same stupid questions. You ask the right. same damn people. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what we yeah. do is we say, you know what, we're going to throw you a curveball. We're going to throw you. So Jarvis, we had Jarvis green on, on two weeks ago. He was oh, he was absolutely drunk in his taxi. Okay, he was driving around Boston. He told us he was going to call us when he was driving around. Wait, and where was he driving around? In Boston. Boston and <laughs> Boston. In okay, Boston. Sorry. I just had to hear it again. It's so good. <laughs> us New Yorkers, you know our deep uh, New accents. New Yorkers, I love yeah, it. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So and, and he was getting he was wasted and he had such a good time with us because we just had him laughing we had him spitting out his stuff you know out of his mouth you got it that's what it's about a little sip a little spill it's okay you gotta have some fun why not absolutely and then we had somebody that was drunk on our show so it really fit together i heard a little bit about that when i was sitting waiting to come in i heard a little bit about that Well, he's no longer a part of the show anymore. So. Oh, bless, bless him wherever he is. <laughs> yes, Carl Christian Okoye was also a very good interview as well. Wonderful. Good. There yeah. you go. See, it's your guys' questions too. You got to bring them there. Oh, Christian. 
Christian loved us. And, and it was hard to get Christian on the show. He doesn't really do a lot of interviews. He wanted yeah. to come on our show, and uh, we had him laughing the whole time. He couldn't stop laughing. Uh, we actually renamed him. He was the... You know, at first, he, he calls himself the Nigerian Nightmare. I said, there's there's too many athletes named the Nigerian Nightmare. How about we Are call there? you? Yeah, there's like three of them now. Yeah, okay, but, yeah, three's too many. Two, maybe you yes. could get away with. He's got a, there's okay. an MMA fighter called the Nigerian right. Nightmare, and there's, uh, there's also a runner called the Nigerian Nightmare. I didn't know about the runner. Yes. Okay. So, so what we did was, is first, I said, you know what? You look beautiful. You have a beautiful daughter that sings the national anthem at a, a Lakers, uh, not a Lakers game, an L.A. Dodgers game. So you know what we're going to call you? We're going to call you the Nigerian goddess, he said. And everybody on the, the feed was telling me, oh, you're going to call this big man a Nigerian goddess? He liked yeah. it. He yeah, loved it. So I said, you know what? We're going to call you the Nigerian Zeus. That's what we're going to call you. Oh, that yeah. is highbrow. I like that. Yes. Did it catch on? Did oh, he did, like that one? Oh, a matter of fact, he loved it. He absolutely loved it. So now he calls himself the Nigerian Zeus. I said, well, change it on your Twitter, man. So everybody now can, can pronounce you or announce you as the Nigerian Zeus, not the Nigerian Nightmare. You and he can't loved give it. away that stuff for free anymore, though. No. Come on. No, you, you can't know. give away those ideas for free. That's listen, the last man. one. Listen, No, man. he wanted, he wanted part of the copyright. He did. He did. No, you did too. Are you saying that? Yeah. I want a couple of bucks, man. I mean, he's trying to get money from Roger Goodell when he was at the Super Bowl. I might as well get some money from him. There you go. Little finder fee. (laughs) The cycle of money. It starts with Roger Goodell, comes back to you. There you go. Full circle, right there. So, Mike. uh, So, you're mentioning LA. A lot of the the sports culture over there being a lot integrated with the movies too, and we see that a lot with the celebrity fans that have come to the games and a lot of the times they don't get the same kind of the home crowd kind of thing with you saw the Rams do with the 49ers in the NFC championship game try to block it off now do you think this is the kind of thing that is going to be a problem for them if in certain sports if they can't get a real legitimate fan base or do you think the market will still end up being strong for that kind of thing just with the celebrities and the the famous people I think if you're talking about the LA market, it's always going to be strong, right? Like it's a place to see and be seen. Um, There's too much money. There's too much opportunity for that kind of a thing um, to just kind of let it, let a fan base kind of not kill it, let it be a downer. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think what people don't understand too, is like in LA, you're coming in the third inning and you're leaving in the seventh. I like to call it the Dan Walters. He's a legendary Budweiser executive. And that was like his style. I'm going to come in in the third. I'm going to leave in the seventh. And that's my jam, right? (laughs) I think that's just the LA way. Not to be rude or not to hate on other fan bases. But you're in New York and you're in Boston, I assume, with your background. um, That that's, you guys get the big fan base. Like there's other things to do. I like to tease my husband, who's the Arkansas Razorback fan. I'm like, of course you are, because there's nothing else there. If you're living in Arkansas, not to be rude, but like, are you going to go cheer on Walmart? Do you know what I mean? Like in LA, you have all these teams. Plus we're not even talking about like the Sparks and the LAFC. Like there's so many things. And then you go to college stuff and then you go to just like where you are in LA. So I think that it's not going to, the fan, like seat asses and seats is good, but in LA, it's not necessarily the thing that's going to need to be checked to collect on it obviously as they won but that SoFi Stadium's big too so we got to give it a chance if you if you put it in other arenas it might look a little bit more full mm. thing 
Arkansas has got a nice basketball team, so there's some optimism. Arkansas, there. Eric Musselman is the man, yeah. I must say. I, I love that guy. He's very kind. I've booked him before. I love the Red Sox, too. They have a special place in my heart. I got married outside of Fenway during COVID. Well, we're Yankee fans, and by the way, he's a Met fan. I'm a Met fan. And yeah. he's not actually. Like, is that Fenway, though? Yes, it the is. The background is. It is, it is funny oh, you brought up Boston, like, though. We're in the same studio. We're in New York. These are all, yeah. We're in the same studio. We're yeah. from New York. It's funny, though, you brought up Boston because <laughs> I have one brother who's working there. He's in engineering, and then my other okay. brother's going to school there at Northeastern. So. Well, there you go. Then you have some ties there, too, but you mm-hmm. guys are both New York guys then, okay? We're, All right. We're, our studio is based out of New York, so we're here in Long Island. So, you know, Long Island. Uh, the, well, enjoy the Yankees. Uh, yeah, well, I am enjoying the Yankees. Not much, but I'm enjoying them. Hey, what if they get locked out, though? Everybody's going to be screwed. I, I think this this only benefits the Yankees if the lockout, you know, considers to take away 60, 70 games because uh, the Yankees have always been fighting injury every year. They always have the most injuries. If, if it's a shorter season, it, it benefits the Yankees. I, I think this will benefit the Yankees with a shorter season. Anyways, uh, as everybody knows, we are talking to ESPN talent producer Katie Hennessy. Uh, one of our fans wanted me to ask you this question. Yeah. All right, yeah. here it is. Um, ask her to give a juicy story about an ESPN personality from behind the scenes. Ooh, a juicy story. I don't know what's considered juicy. Like mm. I have never had bad interactions with any of our talent and that might sound like bullshit, mm-hmm. but it's, I mean, I think you get what you give Yes. and I like to think that I'm pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Just my own opinion, <laughs> but I I'll tell you a story about um, college football playoff. Mm-hmm. That was just in Indy. Mm-hmm. We, I was with Quavo all day. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm like taking Quavo to a party then taking him to the stadium to do a hit on Countdown to Game Day, which was a live digital show. And then I took him onto the field. And then he ends up being like in the locker room, right? There's pictures of him. He's just kind of living it up. I literally take Quavo and he's like, let's celebrate. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, go home or go wherever, (laughs) go forward and have fun. And he's like, no, you tell me where to go. And I'm like, I'm in Indianapolis. I don't know where to go. And I'm like, there's a cool bar at my hotel. And all of a sudden it's Quavo in the corner of this bar hotel. And it's like all ESPN talent around us. And we're literally just partying and celebrating that Georgia won with Quavo and Mm. like L Duncan's there. We're high-fiving. We start doing like whatever their cheer is called. I don't know what it's called, but that's like a fun, I guess, juicy story. I don't have any mean stories. Like Mm. everybody there's pretty cool and fun and they are who they are on screen. Like I've never met someone and been like, damn, you are not nice or you are Mm. not like that. Like, and the most genuine human being, Mike Golick Jr. is phenomenal. I love him. Um, I hung out, I hung out with Mike Golick uh, in Miami at the cigar, uh, a cigar, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, cigar bar or something? No, like that. no it wasn't cigar like bar. Lounge? It okay. was it was Jaws's uh, cigar, uh, you know, party that he had before the play uh, before the uh, the Super Fun. Bowl. Yes. Look at you, highbrow party. Yeah, I was over there. I, I got to you know do some interviews and uh, hung out with some ex NFL players or obviously NFL great. I think George Kittle was there, so I hung out with George Kittle. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's so so Mike Golick was there, and I, I and I, I had a little bit of fun with him. He's he's a massively tall man. He really is. Oh, the first time I met him in a hallway, because I'm like Twitter friends with these people who are same age, right? Like mm-hmm. I like to think I'm like Twitter friends with Gary Streisky. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? You mm-hmm. have like that banter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I meet him in the hallway, like one of the first days I'm back on campus. And I was like, 
you are a large human. And I had brought my puppy into work. Don't tell anybody. And he's like holding my puppy. And I'm like, that dog looks like it. you could palm it. Like he is just a large human being, but he's so incredibly kind. So kind. Well, it's so funny because I have a lot of stories. And actually one of these, one of the ex-NFL players actually was a big fan of mine. He actually... Uh, actually That's followed, cool. yeah, he was actually following my the, the show, and he says, I'm actually a big fan. I actually, I didn't even know he was following me, and he, he was a photographer, and uh, who was the guy that I told you, the photographer that was um, a Witherspoon? Yeah, uh, with, well, with, Will Witherspoon. Will Witherspoon, ex-NFL player, I think he played for the Carolina Panthers. Right, yeah, mistaken. Panthers, Rams, and one other team, Titans, he, I think. He, yeah. he told me he was, he's been following me. I didn't even know he was following me. He's a big fan of my show. And uh, he actually wanted to take a picture with me, so I, I actually got a picture with him. But I'll never that makes feel good. Yeah, of course. You know, you, you put a lot of time and you, you know nine years of hard work and dedication on what we do, and uh, you know, hopefully, very soon we're going to be pitching it to the major markets. We want good. we want people we want people to see what it is. You know what what radio is really supposed to be. I think the problem with radio now, and you should know this. I mean, you you work you work in the industry. I think a lot of people are put together and, and it, everybody talks about the same stuff and it, it gets so boring. It gets so watered out. People and, want the authentic version of who you are of at course. the end of the day, because even if you're being who you are and you're someone disagrees with you, you can still respect that. At least you're being the authentic version of yourself. Like when Kobe died and mm-hmm. L Duncan got up there and did her reader and mm-hmm. came up with girl dad, she was being herself. Right. She was just sharing a part of her life an interaction that she had, but she was just herself. She let herself be emotional. And it sounds crazy to be like, Oh, you were allowed to be emotional. But I think that that authenticity role is what's going to change media continually change it. And I hope for you guys that when you do go and hit the national market, that it's so well received, because I think what you guys do and staying authentic to yourself is very important. Mm -hmm. And people who are going to be guests on your show can see that and they want that too because they don't want to come on just like you said earlier and get asked the same five questions after they've been sitting in a room doing you know whether it's a junket of interviews or like a press day or whatever it is they heard the same shit over and over again i've sat on junket floors and heard not to like knock anybody but the (laughs) same questions from 20 different reporters and i'm like you have the one-offs who come in and they're interesting and they have a random question or they said, Hey, I met you when I was 10 and look at this picture. Like people want that. They crave that because you're taking people behind this curtain of who is this person really? And you're not going to find that out. If you're like, how'd you feel when you caught that touchdown? Like, right. Oh, I feel terrible. You know what I mean? Like you're going to get the same answer. Well, we did an event uh, over the summertime with doc Gooden. doc Gooden was doing this golf Look at you name drop. Uh, Look at your Rolodex in your brain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did, we did an event and uh, we actually helped host uh, this whole golf event where uh, Doc Gooden was uh, being represented and, 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 and getting awards. And it's so funny. I was upstairs and Doc was sitting there signing balls. Everybody was giving him balls to sign before he comes down and meets everybody. And I was like, Doc, Doc Doc comes to me and says, you want me to sign a ball for you? You want me to take a picture? I was like, no, unless you were going to take a picture with me. I don't want to take a picture with you. He started laughing. So, so. But you know what I mean? You're probably one of the only people who's ever said that to him, and it's refreshing. I think it's refreshing, right? Well, his his girlfriend really loved me. She thought it was hilarious. Um, 
Good. She, well, she there really you go. did. We were sitting at the same table, and she she was just laughing at everything I was doing. I was making faces every time Doc went up there, and he was saying something. I was making faces, and I was, and then when I went up there, and he told I was supposed to take a picture with him signing an autograph as a as a Yankee when he pitched that no hitter. I said, yeah. you know what? That was that that was the last time I can remember a pitcher actually throwing no hitter for the Yankees. <laughs> there and, you go. But uh, it, it, it's fun. It, it's great when you when you meet these guys and you, you respect them and and they actually will always remember you because you you brighten up their little part of their day where they you know sometimes they just they just want to come in and they want to get out. You know, he, he oh, actually 100%. stayed and wanted to hang out. Yeah, that I mean that's a testament to you again. You know, having thank that. you, Katie. I love yeah. this. I love Katie. Katie should come on more often. The compliments Anytime. are swelling. I mean, Anytime. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting some you know. I'm getting some bruises over here. I don't know. What is it? The same spot as her tattoo? You're gonna to try to figure that out? Hey, listen, I got a lot of tattoos too. I have a lot. Yeah, of not in the same me. spot. <laughs> yeah, well, they, I hide them. You know, you can't see them. But I, if I showed you a tattoo, all my sports teams, I got a biotic heart, and I have the Knicks, the Islanders, uh, the Yankees, and the uh, who's the, the Jets. Other? The Jets, and three out of the four teams absolutely stink. Okay, so when people see that tattoo, they say, "Wow, what great artwork!" But why the hell would you put those teams on your yeah, chest? What commitment! <laughs> what commitment to losing you have? Well, look on the bright side; they can't see it unless I take off my shirt. <laughs> there you go. That's why mine's teeny tiny. In case they turn around and no, nose dive, you know the Dodgers have been good for a long time, just not always the best That's but true. i'm like i can go safely with a with an la well i don't Dodgers usually, have been the best for f- the last five years i don't usually wear t- uh, jerseys on this show and if i do wear jerseys on this show i wear my teams i actually got uh a, a kraken's jersey with my name on the back of it and, and nice. it's double zero it's a beautiful jersey it's I, a beautiful logo beautiful logo be- i hate the name kraken i I always said to you know I was talking we 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 argued about this on my show months ago. I like, voted for Sasquatch by the way. I, I, they, they, there were so many names. I said, why don't they call it the Seattle Grunge? It, this, okay, that's cool. Yeah, why not? I mean, I, you could have still had the the magical S or whatever yeah, the hell Nirvana this thing vibes. is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Cobain vibe. That's where punk was really created. That's where grunge is from. You know, the so, cool though. I mean, it's not the the worst that there is, right? No. No, I just didn't like the name. I really yeah, didn't but enjoy the jersey's it. badass. Beautiful, beautiful. Like, I mean, the colors. Look at the colors. Beautiful. Really. Yeah, beautiful. you get a New Yorker in a Kraken jersey. They're uh, doing something right. Hey, don't throw me under the bus now. Don't throw me under the bus. Hey, you could get New a York Jordan Everly jersey. <laughs> <laughs> the New York fans are gonna kill me. Oh my God! Here we go. Those who are listening only, I just ratted him out. He's in a Kraken jersey and a Yankee hat. That's what right. Is he doing? Hey, look at it, it matches. Look at that. I got. The it does match. It, it has a little bit of like a powder blue <laughs> situation. Well, that that gives me some, you know, that gives me some numbers, right, Speedy? It gives me some points on the, you know, on the yeah, list. Some credit, sure. some yeah, I should get credit for that. Right, right, Speedy? I suppose. So my question is, uh, aside from the talent production stuff that you've done, just an experience that you might have had maybe growing up as a fan, like one of your favorite fan experiences. You said you're connected with the L.A. teams, and also you said the Red Sox as well was one that was close to you. Do you have any unique fan story uh, or maybe a young interaction that you might have had? Yeah, I do. I hope my dad's listening. I'm going to talk about my dad. I wanted to bond with my dad, so that's why I learned sports. And then I, my dad's like, I was in dance class and he's like, dancing or softball, you decide, you got to pick one because you got to be good at it. And I'm like, 
softball it is because my sister played and wanted to play. So anyways, I've been like a softball baseball fan because that's the first sport I kind of learned with my dad. And we went to a Dodger game and I brought this like old white softball. I'm dating myself because <laughs> softballs were like heavy and white, right? Um, and he brought that with us. And I was like, what are we going to do with that? And he's like, maybe we'll get an autograph. And I was like, maybe that'd be cool. You know, nine-year-old me. <laughs> my dad starts going like through these stairs at Dodger Stadium that I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to go through. <laughs> and we just kept going and going. And I was like, where the hell are we going? I'm nine though, or whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm just following my dad. <laughs> and in the stairwell by himself is Tommy Lasorda. Oh, and my dad's like, Tommy, I've loved you forever. You know, my dad's a huge Dodger fan because his dad was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. Right. Um, so it's been like a lineage thing, right? As most sports fandoms are or wherever you're born or whatever. But he, my dad had that pen and softball ready. So at my parents' house, there's this giant ass softball with a Tommy Lasorda on it. And it's like one of my moments where I'm like, I love this. I love being here at the game. It's something I can do to bond with my dad. And then the Boston part of it, my husband, um, when the I Boston. first started at ESPN, Boston, um, my grandma's actually from Boston, but I didn't know that until I was like older. Cause I have no sense of like anywhere outside of California. <laughs> Californians are very like, it's here or nowhere. But, um, I, my first date with my husband was at Fenway and he's yeah. a Ranger fan. So he's in full on Ranger gear yeah. and I'm like trying to fit in wearing a Red Sox hoodie. But 10 years later, we got married outside of Fenway. So I feel like that's a cool memory that I have mm. from my early twenties as you know, the mm. Red Sox have done me well in the husband department. So there you go. They were able to get to the same spot. What'd you say? Were you able to get to the same spot around where you no, guys went? Because okay, so we were gonna try to go in, um, but with COVID, they were like, no. So we were just mm. outside and the team was gonna practice anyways. But our friend Will Middlebrooks, I'm gonna call oh. you my friend Will. Um, I've never met him in person, but I love Will. My husband like grew up in the same town in Texas with him. And he actually got the Red Sox to put on their scoreboard banner, whatever, congratulations and like our wedding date on it. So that was really nice. Will knew that we couldn't get in, but he did something a little extra special for us. So that was nice. You know, it's so interesting. And by the way, we are talking to uh, talent, ESPN talent uh, producer, Katie Hennessy. And it's so funny because you talk about Boston. And I have some crazy stories about Boston because me. Oh, I bet you do. Me, I, I have the vibe that you do. <laughs> me and my old partner, we used to go out to Connecticut and Foxwoods. And then we'd go to Boston to promote our radio show. And I'll Foxwood. never. Look at you. It's the wintertime. And I'm, of course, wearing my Yankee hat and I'm wearing a Yankee jersey. And um, I'll never forget it. We we pull it, it. Boston is very clean. It's a clean city. It's not like New York City. You don't really see anything on the ground. It's like made out of the the highways are made out of bricks and stuff like that. It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, we're parking, and I just got new tires. Okay, and I I, I get out of my car. We're trying. Hold on. So I we're we're. We're standing on a line. It, 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 everybody's looking at us like we we have six heads because I'm wearing a Yankee hat. He's telling me, take off the damn Yankee hat. These people are going to kill you. I was like, you know, it's going to be even funnier because I took off my T-shirt that I was wearing. And I was wearing a Yankees champion, 1996 Yankees championship shirt. <laughs> so 
So I'm, I'm walking in. I'm trying to get in. The guy says, are you really going into this place with that? And I said, absolutely. What, I, I, if, if they're going in with their Boston hats, what is the difference? He said, you're going to get killed in here. And I said, yeah, all right, whatever. I don't care. So I, I go in there. We're staying, staying in the corner. People are looking at us. Nobody wanted to talk to us. Like, we, were, like we had poison in our pants, okay? So my, friends, my friend says, let's get out of here. So I'm getting out of the – we get out of the club. <laughs> And um, so we're, we're getting in my car, and I'm pulling backwards. I'm pulling backwards to try to get out of a spot, and I hear a whoosh. So I run over a bottle, a, a filled beer bottle. I get out of the car, and everybody, everybody on the line that was trying to get into the place was laughing. So I said, you think this is funny, right? So I go into my trunk. I pull out my – I pull out like a, a – what did I uh, – what do they call that? Um, with the tire – a, a yeah, tire iron, iron, a tire iron, iron. iron. and I'm mm-hmm. threatening these people. That I'm going to go and beat them up with the thing. And these people are looking at me as a good bounces. Like, you better get the hell out of here. And people were throwing, they were throwing things at my car. I was so pissed off the whole night. We drove all the way home from Boston that night. I was oh so God. angry. So, you know, I, I, it was a stupid move by me, but again, it, it's just sports. It's just it sports. Is, the Yankee and the like Boston fans are different because I got, okay, back to tattoos. I got a tattoo in Boston. Um, and I was carrying that dog that I was talking about, my little tiny dog with me. <laughs> and this girl stops and my dog is named Scully after Vin Scully. Mm, oh, He's a Scully. little cute redheaded micro doodle thought it fit, but I'm walking with this dog and she has a little Dodger collar and the girl's like, Oh my God, can I take a picture with? And she looked down and she goes, bye. And like <laughs> walks away from me. She's like, that's disgusting. I'm like, what? And it's like the Dodger tag on my dog. Like she was not having it. She was all lovely. And like, let's take a picture. Then she saw it. And it's like, so at least they're loyal, right? You, there's nothing like a Yankee and a Red Sox fan. Yeah, but the, I, you go to a Yankee stadium. You don't see any of the, you go to a Yankees Red Sox game. The Yankee fans do not do anything to the Boston Red Sox fans. You go to Boston, you go to, sure? yeah, absolutely. I've gone to a ton of them. And then you go to a Fen. I've been to two Fenway, Fenway games with the Yankees. F- forget about it. You're wearing a Yankee hat. You might as well, uh, 50 shades of gray, man. You, you better be wearing gray and a lot of, a lot of, you, you better be wearing like a rain jacket because people are going to be throwing things at you and calling you disgusting names. Well, so, go, go, ahead, just, go ahead, hon. I was going to say, Coyle just mutually agree that Philly has the biggest hooligans in the country. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I went to a Yankee game, like, I've been to two, I think, since I've lived out here. And I wore a Red Sox shirt and I walked in and just the looks that I got, I immediately, my husband was with me and he can attest to this. I just had like a regular blue Nike pullover and I zipped that shit up so quick. I'm like, I am not here. I do not care that much. I'm a Dodger fan. I'm just here and I happen to have a Red Sox shirt, but I'm not testing (laughs) the fandom of Yankees right now by being the only person in the shirt to zip that up. Just stay away from the bleacher creatures. As long as you're away from them. Oh my God. That's a whole, people have no idea. I, I had no idea, right? Like you can hear about it and you, everybody thinks that their fandom's the best fandom. Yeah. That is another level. Like we were talking about how LA like can't fill the stands sometimes because <laughs> there's like in and out, yeah. you know, casual fans. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those people, it's a whole nother level. Yeah. You got to stay away from, don't wear, don't wear any Boston stuff. I, I, I'll never forget when I went to, uh, 
I went to a game. I don't remember. I think it was Kansas City, and somebody was wearing a Boston hat. It wasn't even the Boston Red Sox playing against the Yankees, and they were wearing it right by the bleacher creatures. They took the hat and they threw it to, to another level. I, I mean, like seriously, you don't, you don't, you don't go over there with a Boston Red Sox hat. I don't that's think so. Doing. Yeah, not in that area. Not yeah, in that area. I think, I think that that's a good call. Think <laughs> <laughs> uh, that right there. If anyone's taking the line on that one. <laughs> Last question for me, as everybody knows, we are talking to ESPN talent producer Katie Hennessy. As everybody knows. Yes, as everybody knows. I mean, we're 40 minutes. There they know. They hey, know you're, you're, you're you're the, if they don't know by now, what are you doing? That's right. I hey, mean, it's we, right we got, on the bottom of the screen, too. We got the sports fans and the, and, and the movie fans and all the and the Marvel Marvel Universe fans. That's so. true. That's true. The Star Wars fans. And I have Star Wars, Wars fans. Oh, I'm a go. diehard Star Wars fan, by the way. Diehard. Who, you fan. are? Oh, diehard. Oh, nice. I yes. have some Star Wars stories. Those are the good ones. Oh, man. I Carrie Fisher, before she died, I walked her to a lunch. She's hilarious. She's mm. like, how much longer is this fucking walk? And I'm like, Carrie, I just have to take <laughs> oh, you from your car to your should lunch. It, you should have asked her. You should have asked her before that. He's like, how, how was it like kiss, kissing your brother? <laughs> I, I, to be honest, at that point in time, when I was 23, I had no idea about any of that stuff. So I got told, grab Carrie Fisher and walk her to lunch. And I'm like, Princess Leia, right? right. Now I know. Now I have the utmost respect for the whole thing. My DJ, my DJ, like uh, anthem, my drop is Darth Vader. Look at you. He's with the DJ drop. That's right. Luke. It says, Luke, I am your spin doctor. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. But here's my question. Yes. For all the time and all the years that you've been doing this, did you ever see yourself doing this, uh, you know, you know, being 10 years almost into the business? Did you ever see yourself working for ESPN and, and, and having a high profile position over there at ESPN the way you do? High profile. How nice. Um, it's, is it like arrogant to say yes? Like I always wanted to be at ESPN. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to be on camera talent and then I worked at Nike in college and Mm -hmm. this, I worked with a pro surfer because it was down by the beach in California. And she's like, I could see you producing and not being on camera. Like you need to be in charge of somebody. And I'm like, Oh, that's so nice. But 19 year old (laughs) me, I'm like, I want to get in front of the camera and do the thing and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I did think I would get here. I, the path that I took is kind of all over the place. And when people come and hit me up for advice on LinkedIn or whatever, which I always respond to everybody. So if anybody has more questions about the industry, happy to help because people help me along the way, but the, you just got to try it. Like I'm sure your guys's paths were not hundred percent conventional. When you guys started this, people are like, what are you thinking? Yeah. But it's like that work that you put in and you have to be unafraid of hearing no, like I hear no 90% of the time during my day, but those 10% of yeses, that's what keeps you going. Right. Like I'm sure you guys experience that too. Like people are like, what are you doing? Or how much longer are you going to do it for? You can't do that for forever. And it's like, no sports are here to stay. Sports are like the everlasting thing that bring us together and make us feel good and have something to kind of root for. You know what I mean? If you ever knew anything about, and, and, and as you get to know us, I mean, I started this, you know, seven, eight years ago, um, I, I worked as an executive producer at CBS, uh, NBC Sports Radio for Going Deep with Amani Toomer and Dan Schwartzman. Yeah, yes. I remember those. Yes, I, yes. I, left, I left NBC because I wanted an opportunity. I started one of the first live digital radio shows on um, – what, what's the uh, – 
what's the thing that we were using? I'm sorry, that's connected to Twitter. Periscope. Periscope. We Periscope. were one of the, and we were averaging thirty to forty thousand people, and people started copycatting. SNY, MSG. We were one of the first digital platforms that really started to wrinkle out what digital and what podcast video was doing. And they didn't have these pro programs, Zoom and everything like that. Mm-hmm. We were using uh, iPads and doing it. And people, Disney actually reached out to us. Qu- crazy story is. There was an executive watching us um, on our our screen. It was like twenty five thousand. He said, "You guys are hilarious. You guys are funny." This is before even Speedy was here. Uh, me and my partner, and we would go back and forth, and we really, really funny. This is this is when Skip and and obviously uh, Stephen A. Smith was on. You know, on uh, first I guess, take, yeah. yes, first take, and yeah. you had a cold pizza, whatever the hell it was. Oh yeah, cold pizza. Yes. Sorry, yes. Love- so uh, they wanted to sit down and before you know Disney bought into. ESPN, Disney, um, not Disney, ESPN, no, Disney was interested in bringing us on as a talent to be uh, their first radio, sports radio show for their network, whatever network, because it wasn't ESPN at the time. What happened was they asked us if we can change our content, you know, because we had a lot of fans that called us up and cursed. And we were just starting to build something, and I didn't want to change what our, you know, our content was. So we kind of, den- you know, we kind of pushed it to the side and denied any opportunity. It was a big mistake that w- we made, but we we wanted to continue doing what we were doing, and and we wanted yeah. people to, and we were drawing thirty, forty thousand people on Periscope every night. So it was just, uh, it, it's a shame. And then we kind of take took a break off of Periscope, and then when we came back, everybody started copycatting. Now every single sports show is on Periscope. Now there's no more Periscope; it's just Twitter now. So, Isn't that crazy, it's crazy how it keeps all the way around? It's but crazy. I mean, you're where you're supposed to be, right? Like you're still being authentic and true to yourself. So I yes. think that that counts for a lot. Well, thank you. That really means yeah. a lot from somebody from somebody like you, Katie. So I really nice. appreciate that. It's so, true. Go ahead, Speedy. So my last question is regard uh, regarding any sport right now. Just as a yeah. as a sports fan, it could be any of your LA team. Just one bold prediction any for anything in sports. Oh God, one bold prediction: yep. the Lakers win this year. That's bold, right? It is bold. The way their team's you going, you both are like awkward silence because she sounds like an idiot. You said bold. That's it is bold. Really that is bold. bold. What are we like the nine in the West or something stupid? Right now it's know. nine. Yeah, right now it's nine, nine and they might, you might be losing either Anthony Davis or LeBron James too. I got news for you. You just look away from it there's and a, come back, and all of a sudden you've won. You know, that's an LA fan. There's a guy on YouTube right now. He always yes. the last couple of years, besides this year's Super Bowl, he has predicted in almost every single sport who was going to the championship in each sport and who was going to win. And he already said that the Lakers. He said the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. They're going to they're going to play in the playing game, and they're going to go all the way to the championship and win the whole thing. That's what he said. So we're going to hold this guy to it. Well, I'm going to hold him to it. I'm not so bold. He's already said it. So my secondary bold prediction is that the Rams repeat. There you go. Rams oh, repeat. that's that's bold. First. That's bold. Ooh. That's bold. I don't think that's Play happening. This back at this time next year, run it back. All right, all right. I'm going to hold you to it. Do they re-sign everybody that they're trying to? You think the label? I don't know because the, do they ever want to win again? But I don't know. I feel like the NFL. Be careful, is- Katie. Be careful yeah. because if you lose this, and we we come back to this, and you might have to wear Speedy's underwear on your head. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to her. Come on. If, if I win, then 
uh, Speedy needs to have a sweet headband, just like me. I'd much rather do that he than torture one. you in my underwear. He needs one. I'd much rather wear a headband than make her wear my underwear. He should be called Sweetie Petey. Listen to this. Sweetie he's Petey. The sweetest. He's so nice. He's like, no, you don't have to do the bed. It's okay. Uh, I, I wouldn't torture it. you by putting underwear on your head. Wow. Well, I wouldn't do me. it. I would be like, oh, cool, guys. <laughs> he tortured yeah. me, but I, you know, I live up to my bets. He tortured me. Yeah, you I, guys could do that. That wasn't my bet. That was Snug's bet. Yeah, well, screw Snug. How's that? <laughs> Anyways, Katie, tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Um, You can find me on Twitter. I think I'm most active at K-A-Y mm. underscore Hennessy, like the alcohol, but add an E before the Y. Strawberry Hennessy? Strawberry Hennessy. I heard that you're teasing that story ahead of when I came on. Strawberry Hennessy. I've only ever had Hennessy straight, so I don't know about the strawberry. Go to Fridays. They make them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that, that's... Okay, question mark. That's... Okay, exclamation <laughs> point. And if you ever meet up with Jarvis Green in Boston, he might have some, too. That's right. Jarvis Green, at me. Let's have some Hennessy. There you Let's go. Let's have a little Henny. Let's, you know. Strawberry we... Henny. Don't forget Let's the strawberry. Strawberry Henny. It'll be a good time. Let's that's just right. make it a Neapolitan one there while you go. we're at it. There you go. Or a whiskey sour. How's that? That's Ooh, a girly drink. Sour. That's a girly drink. I'm more drink. of a 7-7. Seven, seven. Oh, she says seven and seven. I don't really drink, so only once a year. Maybe you maybe you want to come out for my birthday, my 40th this year. That'll hey, your 40th this yes, year. Congratulations. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, two months, Mal. Two months. There you go. I'll be 40. I don't look 40, but. Uh, no, you don't. I was going to say you probably look, what, 34, 35? I, I always hear, like, between 28 and 29. When I first I met him, I thought he was 28. Yeah. It's, there you go. Yeah. You, you nailed the prediction on the head. Yeah, so that's what I always hear. I still hear it. I, I look the same that I did when I was 30. So I, Good I, for you. Exfoliate some uh, SPF. Keep I don't do that. I don't see, exfoliate. See, there was a reason. There, there's a reason when you were saying that you, that you were 31 before that he was calling you a baby. Everybody younger than him is a baby. <laughs> oh, I was sitting here when he was saying that. I'm like, what you are a baby. Everybody today. younger than him is a baby. I'm nine years your elder. Okay. <laughs> oh man, we're in the same bracket though. When you check that's the true. box of that's like true. what age you are, we're in the same one. Well, that's what they say. Anything between 10 and 15 years is the same. I'm a COVID 28. Let's oh, just go back to oh, when time stopped. I'm a COVID 28, and that's it is what it is. All right, so if you're a COVID 28, I'm a COVID uh, I'm a COVID 39. Okay, there you go. Keep it going. Just keep the 39 going. That's right. <laughs> Katie, thank you for joining us. I, we definitely want to get you on again. You're awesome. We really Thanks. appreciate your time. Yeah, anytime, you guys, and good luck with everything, and enjoy your next guest. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, Katie, yes, from ESPN, talent producer Katie Annecy. Awesome. Awesome interview. She's great, has a great personality. Uh, it, it's you know it's so interesting when you when you get these people on the show and all these different personalities, if they're not producers, directors, they they all have a different approach to the way they uh, they bring their personality out, and she just is authentic. She's really funny. She told us some great stories, uh, and she she didn't only just uh, work uh, for ESPN or works for ESPN. She worked for Disney, so she had the opportunity to work for some of the Marvel, Star Wars. I mean, that's a fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, thank you, Nathan, for uh, having Katie on our show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you, you like the Star Wars end of it. You can bring out the, uh, the, the Darth Vader dis, uh, DJ stories. Yes, so I, well, why not? I mean, those are true stories, guys. No, I, I believe mean, it. I, those are true Who stories. Who wouldn't want to walk out to uh, Death Star music? Yeah, well, what do, you want, what do you want me to do? You want me to stand on this table and do a dance? And, and, and You know what I should do? 
I should dress up like Darth Vader on this show. You know, that would be funny for a whole show dressed up like Darth Vader. I just can't do the voice. <sighs> oh, you're my father. You know. <laughs> Maybe you need one of those like uh, yeah. voice amplifiers or something. That like would that. be good, you know, like just like the Scream movies. I'll have like the voice that changes your voice into Darth Vader. That would be funny, don't you think? Yeah. Mm. Maybe you want. Know maybe I. I wonder if I could reduce something in some one of my editing softwares to make that kind of thing work. You just say, "I am your father," and some kind of the deepest voice you could that I could reduce the town or something. I don't. You know, know what? Why don't we just have Carl call the show and be the voice of uh, our Darth Vader? How's that sound? Yeah, have we, he's have we heard what voice. Carl's voice sounds like? Yeah, he's got a, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if he sounds like Darth, you know, or Garth. How about Garth from Wayne's World? Yes. Wayne's <laughs> 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 World, party time, excellent. Woo, 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 woo. That was the, oh, give me a break. Uh, in just a few moments, we will have uh, leader, news editor, and writer from the pack to the future. Packers talk, Ralph. Mancini joining us. He will be fun. Uh, definitely uh, fun talking a little Packers football. Uh, you know, he's one of the more known writers for the Packers. Uh, he's very well known in the Packer world. So uh, definitely looking to have Ralph on. Uh, Ralph and me had our little uh, tidbit uh, a couple of couple of, about almost a year ago. It, yeah, it was right before Aaron, the first year of two Aaron Rodgers MVP season. So it was, I think it was June or July of 2020 when we had him on, and it, and you guys were arguing about Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. We also did a segment on the show with that at the time. I might have to, you know, I, I might have to take back. What uh, I yeah, said. I was going to say now two MVPs that might sway your opinion a little bit because you you also have stood for Aaron Rodgers, stood up for I Aaron love, Rodgers for a while too. When yeah. a lot of people, a lot. Of people are bashing him and whatever. I, I don't know. You, you know, you could go back and forth on, on on looking at Brett Favre's career and Aaron Rodgers' career. I mean, both won one Super Bowl. I, I mean, and, and Aaron Rodgers as an opera. I still think Aaron Rodgers is going to win another one. Before he's done, Aaron will win another one. I, I just don't know if he's going to win one with the Packers. I think he's on his way out from the Packers. But uh, Aaron Rodgers has had a sensational year, and if you were uh, a sensational career, and if you were to ask me who's the better quarterback in the top of their careers, I would say Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I, not Brett Favre anymore. Uh, ben disagrees. He still says Favre over Rodgers. Yeah, well, no, he's no Rodgers over R- Rodgers over Favre. No, Brett, no, Ben is Ben says Roger Favre over Rodgers. Well, well, it looks like the the. No, the, the, the greater sign is the the, the, tr- the end of the triangle is less. Really? Yes. You're always That's taught that math- in, like, math and, so, like, <laughs> simple math terms and You know stuff. what? I hate the mathematical things, okay? I'm not a mathematical, uh, you know, mathematic, uh, um, what do they call them, teachers or, you know. I mean, I'm far from it, too. <laughs> those are more my brother's expertise. They're better with that stuff. Yeah, your brother. No, your it's always, are. it always, but, yeah, those were one of the things. You always thought the, the greater sign, it gets it bigger. Is. It gets bigger. I just remember that from grade school. Uh, you know, Nithin says, breaking news, Aaron Rodgers is close to signing a deal with the Lakers. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> Maybe he'll go to the Dodgers, too. Who uh, knows? With with everything that's going on, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, seriously. Uh, the Dodgers seem to sign everybody. So that's just a whole nother story in a whole nother realm. But we're not going to get into that. But uh, in just a few moments, we'll be talking to Ralph Mancini. He's going to be joining us. That'll, that'll be fun. Me and Ralph, like I said, we have a background of arguing about Brett Favre and, and Aaron Rodgers. So... Uh, being that it's almost two years later, I, I definitely want to hear his thoughts now. Uh, does he still believe 
uh, that Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback over Brett Favre. I, I argued it was Brett Favre. I'm going to sway maybe to Aaron Rodgers' level now. But uh, So why don't we go to a quick break. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will be talking to leader, news, editor, writer for Pack to the Future and Packers Talk, Ralph Mancini, here on the Sports Loudmouse. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouse. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. We are the Sports Loudmouse. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, Speedy Petey. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Go to our website. Well, go to our app. Go to our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What a long show. It always is. And and like I said, I want to give a shout-out to Tyler Harrison. He's no longer going to be on the show. Uh, Everything that Tyler has done for the show, for the time that he's here, he's been a a good, I guess you could say, Samaritan. Uh, Now he is going off to drinking or whatever the heck he does. (laughs) It seems like every time he was here, he was drinking, so... Uh, you know, hopefully Tyler, you know, does well, you know, in the future of what he's going to do. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but uh, we were we were going to get oh, there. He is. There is Ralph. Yeah, there he is. There he is. Hey. Yeah. So uh, as everybody knows, the camera to work. Sorry, guys. There you go, man. You look good, man. You look uh, difficult. Yeah. yeah thanks. You got the little black in the back, you know. The Black Attack Man over here. We are now talking to the leader, news editor, writer for the Pack to the Future and Packers Talk. Yes, Ralph Mancini. Ralph, what's going on, bud? Hey, man. You know, it's uh, it's that time of year again. You know, a uh, lot of a uh, lot of intrigue there with the Packers, salary cap issues. You know. Uh, on pins and needles with Aaron Rodgers, you know, a lot of drama going on. Yeah, there is a lot of drama. And uh, before we get into the drama with the Packers, how are you doing? I mean, the last time you were on the show, bud, uh, me and you went back and forth on Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. I mean, you've been so adamant about Aaron Rodgers that he's the greatest quarterback to to come out of the Packer land. And I was back and forth with Brett Favre. I still, at that time, I still, still thought that Brett Favre was the better of the quarterbacks. I, I I will actually take back on some of the things that I said because Aaron Rodgers has really changed my mind in the last couple of years. So how have you been doing since the last time we had you on the show? I'm doing great. Uh, I am such a big Packers fan that I actually moved from New York City out to North Dakota. So mm. I'm actually a little closer now to Wisconsin. Uh, I'm uh, Obviously, I'm here for work purposes. Uh, I'm a newspaper editor. Uh, I try to write about the Packers, you know, whenever I can. But uh, I'm still following every day and uh, still uh, rooting as hard as I can. Mm. All right. So why don't we get into the Packers, bud? Uh, And as everybody knows, we are talking to the leader and news editor, writer of the Pack to the Future and Packers Talk, Ralph Mancini. So uh, this whole Aaron Rodgers thing, obviously the playoffs, getting eliminated by San Francisco, it's snowing. 
below zero weather. It started snowing heavy in the second half. Everybody wanted to throw Aaron Rodgers under the bus, saying that Aaron Rodgers was horrible in the game. But what really showed in that game was the special teams was absolutely atrocious. They couldn't kick the ball. Crosby missed uh, a a point, a three-point field goal. And then the punt return uh, that uh, actually gave the San Francisco 49ers the lead. Uh, Aaron Rodgers now, you know, he's, you know, he, he spoke at the envy, winning his MVP. He was thanking everybody, thanking the, the Packers fans. Cause he's, I, I believe he was saying farewell to the Packer fans. What are your thoughts to what Aaron Rodgers said at the MVP when he won the MVP at the award show? And, and do you think that everything that you've been hearing the last couple of weeks that Aaron Rodgers could be on his way out? As far as what Aaron Rodgers says, I, I take a lot of that with a grain of salt. Uh, you know, just just a few days ago, he put up these pictures on Instagram where, you know, uh, there were pictures of his teammates. He was saying goodbye to everybody. And then there's what there was one picture where, you know, uh, he was uh, they were showing the guy standing for the national anthem and he was missing uh, from his usual spot. So, you know, guys, uh, fans could, you know, try to read into this what they will. But uh, I just, I look at it this way. You know, as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, I think that he's got two options. Either he retires or he plays for the Packers because he's still under contract with Green Bay. So everybody wants to speculate. Will it be the Denver Broncos that trades for him? Will it be another team? Uh, But the Packers have to be, the Packers organization has to be willing to trade him. And he's still under contract. So, and, and as far as I know, and Brian Gutekun said this just the other day. It's like, I never promised to trade Aaron Rodgers. Mm. That's not part of his plan. Throughout the whole offseason, whether it was the coach LaFleur, whether it was Gutekun, they said that, you know, our intention is to hold on to Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be our starting quarterback moving forward. And, and so, and, and they stuck to that. I don't think they're saying that because they're trying to posture. I don't think they're trying to say that so they can get a few more draft picks from uh, some team that might be interested. So I, I really think that, you know, the, the, the Packers front office holds the cards here. So a lot of rumors are being made of Aaron Rodgers is waiting on Devontae Adams, where he's going to end up going in free agency. Devontae Adams demanding the highest, highest paid, being paid the highest paid receiver in the league, which I think he's the best receiver in football right now. He deserves it. But a lot of his asking prices have been too rich for some teams. Do you think that is the case? And will Aaron Rodgers demand a trade over there? Or do you don't think it's correlated at all? Devontae Adams has his own path. Well, I think that uh, what happens to Devontae is going to have an impact on, on you know, what Aaron does. And, I mean, the, the Packers are going to have to move soon. So if their intention is to uh, give um, or make uh, Devontae their franchise player, they have until March 8th to do that. But quite frankly, from a financial standpoint, I don't think that would be the smartest thing to do because uh, as, as they stand right now, I believe that they're um, about uh, – a little bit over 30 million over the cap still, even with all the moves that they made recently this past week, you want to throw like another 22 million on top of that with the franchise tag. I don't think that makes a lot of sense. I think their only way out here is if they can agree to a long-term deal with Devonte Adams in a way where, you know, it doesn't hurt them a whole lot in the upcoming season. So I hope that, I mean, as a Packer fan, I hope that happens uh, relatively soon before Rodgers makes his announcement. 
But uh, if they do, if they do come to an agreement with Devante, I'm thinking it's a done deal. I think I think Aaron comes back. You know, so as every as everybody knows, we are talking to the leader of news editor and writer for Pack to the Future and Packers Talk, Ralph Mancini. You know, Ralph. Uh, we, we obviously you're a Packers guy, and 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 going into the off season, everybody keeps talking about Aaron Rodgers, and this is the same team that had the best record in football throughout the season. Uh, they fell apart in the playoffs against San Francisco, where a game that I think that if it didn't snow and it wasn't as cold as it was, I think they beat San Francisco. I think they go all the way to the Super Bowl. I still believe they were the better team going into this off season. I still think there's a lot of you know, if, you know, questions about this team, especially uh, in the offensive side of the ball. The offensive line, they're getting older, okay? This is an old offensive line. You look at their, uh, you look at their running back play. Now, I know they paid Jones in the offseason last year. They paid him a lot of money. Uh, to me, throughout the season, he's a good running back. Going into the playoffs, he's not as good. He's not as durable in the playoffs. This year, it didn't really matter because they only played one game, so you don't know what he had. And they lost Dylan early in that game, so nobody knows what that game would have been if Dylan actually stayed in the game. No. What what does the Packers do if they bring back Aaron Rodgers? If somehow they bring back Devontae Adams, that's not enough. Do you see them making a move? Do they replenishing it in the draft to try and fix this offensive line? That I think is getting old, which didn't look as good as it did in the second half of the season. What do they do? What do you think they need to do to make this team, if they bring make this team as good as it was last year with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams? Well, don't forget. I mean, uh, a big reason why their offensive line wasn't as strong as in the as as they were in the as it was in the past is because of a couple of big injuries, uh, namely uh, Bakhtiari didn't play basically all year, and then they had a catastrophic injury to Elton Jenkins, uh, who's just that versatile guy who could play at any position along the offensive line. Now, what do they do? Uh, I I really think that uh, what they need to do is they need even if they sign Devontae Adams. I think they need to replenish at the wide receiver position. Mm. That's one of the things that you saw with this team in that game versus San Francisco where, you know, everybody's talking about, well, why is Aaron throwing the ball to Devontae all the time? Well, that's because 90% of the time he's the only one who's open. Mm. You know, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. You know, Alan Lazard is, is a good role player, but he's not a number two and he's not even a number three receiver. Uh, Matt Marquez Valdez Scantling is, is a guy who's very fast, but he can't catch the ball. Randall Cobb is way past Washed his prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so who do they have outside of Devontae Adams? So I think that, um, particularly in the draft, they're going to have to focus on that position, which is um, a very weak draft when it comes to wide receivers. It really is. Yeah. They might have to take one in the first round. Yeah, they, you that's know? what they're going to have to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and so, uh, but yeah, um, I mean, if you want to talk about where they need to replenish um, and then you're looking at tight end, you know, Robert Tanya not being there in that game versus San Francisco also hurt the Green Bay Packers. It gave Rogers one fewer target uh, to, to look for. And so he's coming off an ACL injury. So they might have to bring in another tight end. Mercedes Lewis is about 40 years old. So I was close to it. So, you know, I mean, uh, that's another position they're going to have to look at. So you're right. Uh, this offense is uh, is not perfect. It's uh, it has a lot of holes. Um, but as far as that 49ers game goes, you you said it. 
When they when Dylan went down, I think that really, really hurt the offense because of those conditions, because it was windy and it was cold and it was snowy. I mean, I think, you know, Dylan um, should have been the centerpiece of that game plan. Unfortunately, he went out with with a broken rib. And and so, you know, um, that that really hurt the team overall. So the Packers have always been known as one of the organizations that loves to home grow their players, hang on to their players for a while and not big investments into free agency. Now they've done it a little more recently with the, with two sure. Smith pass rosters. They did it. They tried it with Muhammad Wilkerson. It didn't work. They had a couple of them, but again, they're mostly based on homegrown. Now we saw the Rams win the Super Bowl with kind of the other extreme. They trade all their draft picks. They get the, they get Odell on a, a small contract and they swing for the fences on these other outside signings. Do you think the Packers kind of have to adapt to that kind of trend to be good in today's NFL where you see this kind of player movement? Well, I, I think that this is a different Packers organization than the one that we saw 10 years ago under Ted Thompson. Under Ted Thompson, yes, traditionally they were that team that built through the draft. They were very conservative. You know, whatever money they spent, they spent on their own guys. Uh, but, you know, now uh, they do actually go after free agents, maybe not as much as other teams, but now they find themselves this, themselves in a situation where, you know, they, they have to create cap space. And they have to kick the can down the road. And that's exactly what teams like the Rams do. And, you know, and nowadays, I mean, I used to be a big proponent of building through the draft. But, you know, I mean, the Rams just proved to you that, you know, they could trade away all their first round draft picks mm. and they could kick the can down the road all they want. And, and they were successful, you know. So um, it, and, and so if kicking the can down the road is what you have to do to hold on to your two best players and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, then so be it. I'm all for it. I, I didn't think that way before, but I want a Super Bowl, you know, and, and if they start rebuilding, I mean, it could be like another 12, 15 years before they even sniff a Super Bowl. You speak about Aaron Rodgers. So let's say Aaron Rodgers wants to be traded. They have agree, they agree to move him. Okay. Now there are quite a few teams that are available to make a move. We've been hearing Tennessee is one of those teams. Obviously, he bought a home in Tennessee. Maybe that has something to do with the Vegas Raiders. You're hearing Derek Carr could be on his way out to Pittsburgh. Maybe they're trying to make room for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we've heard we've heard the Washington. What do they call themselves now? The Commanders. The Commanders. <laughs> Uh, they've already made a bid. They've, they've offered uh, a certain amount of draft picks uh, to land Aaron Rodgers. I mean, is there a particular team, if it isn't Green Bay, that you think uh, it fits the best and where Aaron Rodgers more than likely will go if it isn't the Packers? I think uh, I would have to say that team is the Denver Broncos uh, just because, you know, they, they hired uh, their the head coach, of Nathaniel Hackett, who was was, uh, the offensive coordinator for Mm -hmm. Green Bay up until this past season. They hired him to be their head coach. And and Hackett and Rodgers have a great relationship. Uh, So uh, I I can really see the the Broncos being that team. And and also because, I mean, what are their options? I mean, if they don't don't trade for Rodgers, where do they go? I mean, do they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? Does that get you excited if you're a Broncos fan? Um, Deshaun Watson. I mean, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Kyler uh, Murray. I, I, but, you know, he's got to get through his legal issues. Kyler Murray. A, Derek Carr. I Kyler mean, Murray. Kyle, you think Kyler Murray is going to be available? I do. I, I do. Really? Everything, yeah, I really do. I, I, I think there's a lot of 
stuff going on right now in Arizona, and, and there, there's different people that we've had on the show, and, and even some of the things that I have, re- have listened or watched or read their stories and stuff like that. He is not happy there right now. Ever since uh, they got eliminated in the first round uh, against having home field advantage, got knocked off by the Rams, and the Rams obviously win the Super Bowl, he's been getting attacked not only by the fans, death threats, and now the team, he, he taken, he's taken every one of the players uh, that followed him on Arizona on Twitter off his friends list. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there, there has to be some kind of truth to what's going on right now in Arizona. And Kingsbury is definitely on the hot seat. And, and uh, Kingsbury had two years with a very, two really good teams. Last year, uh, they were one of the best teams throughout the season, and it fell off in the second half of the season, uh, maybe because of Kyler Murray's injuries. Uh, they're not protecting him. I mean, Kyler Murray could be on his way out, too. I mean, there's a lot of – how about Kirk Cousins? He could be on his way out from Minnesota as well. There's a lot of good quarterbacks this year more than any offseason where I could see a quarterbacks moving uh, in so many different ways. Well, I, I mean, yeah, you bring up Kirk Cousins, and that's definitely an option right there. I mean, he's, he's making a ton of money, and he's entering the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. So if Minnesota wants to move off of him and get something, this is going to be, this has to be the time. And there's a new coach coming in. So I don't know what, you know, I know O'Connell has worked with him in the past, uh, you know, with the Redskins, the former Redskins, but uh, you know, um, yeah, that's definitely an option. And then you got Carson Wentz. I know Indy's not enamored with him. So that's another option that they may have where, you know, maybe they make a move for Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, all of these names, maybe with the exception of Deshaun Watson, who's a big question mark as far as he even if he even plays next year, with the exception of Deshaun Watson and maybe a Kyler Murray, all these other options pale in comparison to Aaron Rodgers. But uh, so I, I see that as the most realistic scenario for for number twelve if if uh, he indeed gets traded. So now, can you see a situation? We haven't really heard it as much with the head, like the individual swaps, like one quarterback for one quarterback, but can you see the Packers try to maneuver that kind of thing because their roster is still very strong all the, all the way around. Now you're mentioning they have to probably shed some cap for the most part. We saw sure. Aaron Jones and Kenny Clark restructure their contracts, but can you see a kind of thing where they maybe take on some extra draft picks and maybe still take a, a legitimate veteran quarterback rather than just jumping right to somebody like Jordan Love? Or do you think it's all because of Jordan Love? Well, I, I mean, the, the one like one for one trade that I would consider is Aaron Rodgers for Russell Wilson. Okay. Mm. That, that I, I, I'd be all for, you know, you get the younger player, uh, a player with Super Bowl experience, one of the top five or six quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion, in Russell Wilson. I would do that in a heartbeat, mm. but I don't know how realistic that is. Uh, I mean, you know, if you trade him to Denver, you're getting what Drew Locke back. That that doesn't interest me. Um, you know, under that scenario where you get a veteran quarterback in return, so I think uh, I think the Seattle a, a Seattle trade would be something that I would I would really consider. I heard. Uh, uh, by the way, we are uh, talking to leader, news editor, and writer for Pack to the Future and Packers Talk, Ralph Mancini. I heard that uh, Tampa is heavily going after Russell Wilson. That's what I heard. Uh, They're willing to trade away a significant amount of draft stock uh, to pull Russell Wilson away from, uh, obviously, the Seattle Seahawks. If that happens, 
I, I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do with DK Metcalf. And, and are they going to start to rebuild that team? Uh, Paul, obviously, uh, Paul, Pete Carroll is, uh, is definitely coming back next year. And the GM is definitely coming back. Schneider, I think his name's Schneider, yep. right? Just like, just yeah, like the John Dukes of Hazard actor yeah. we had on the show. Same Schneider, thing. Yep. Schneider is definitely coming back. So uh, the rebuilding stages of this team before Pete Carroll decides to retire. I mean, he's the oldest coach right now in the NFL. Um, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. But I can't see... The, you know, Aaron Rodgers wanting to go to a certain, you know, I, I, I think there's like two or three cities he wants to go to. I cannot see him wanting to go to Seattle knowing uh, that he is leaving the Green Bay. Par- it doesn't make any sense to him or why he would do that. He, he might as well stay in Green Bay. I, it doesn't make sense. I, I think he wants to go to a team uh, that is ready to win. Now, I don't think Seattle's ready to win. Their defense is horrible. Uh, they have one of the worst defenses in the league. Their offensive line, give me a break, he's going to die. I mean, like, seriously, this is a 38, 39-year-old quarterback uh, that is one of the best quarterbacks of our era, one of the best quarterbacks still in the NFL, if he is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Why would he want to go to Seattle and take, you know, take a back step, you know, take a back seat when he's been, even with the Packers, to me, I think has a lack of talent offensively, and he just makes that team so much better. I mean, why would he go to one team and, and not not stay where he is? It doesn't make any sense. I, I can't see him accepting that. Well, the difference the difference between Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers is uh, I think Russell Wilson has a no-trade clause, whereas Rodgers doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but you're right about that. Uh, I mean, uh, you, you talk about some other destinations. Tampa Bay would be a lot uh, – would look a lot better for Aaron Rodgers if yes. he's looking to win now, which he is. Um, I mean, they don't have any secondary wide receivers over there in Tampa anymore. I mean, Chris Godwin's going to be gone. So they're, they're going to be re- trying to replenish their wide receiving court too. They only have one. They have Evans there, uh, a sure thing. Everybody else. I mean, are you scared of anybody that's there? I mean, Wilson, we saw him there, you know, against the jets. I mean, well, what about, what about, uh, the, uh, the, the, the commanders, you know, I mean, maybe that, that makes sense. Good. That makes you sense. Know? I mean, yeah. they're, they're building a good young defense. And, and they got some good running backs. And actually, McLaurin is a re- really coming on as one of, the, one of the top receivers in the league. Tremendous so draft I, stock, too. Tremendous draft stock. So, so you know, maybe that, that's, that's a, a possibility over there. But, um, but we're just talking hypotheticals yes. here. I don't, I, don't, I don't think the Packers want to trade him. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, stranger things have happened. Mm. So the other the other end of this this uh, Packers free agency and trade talks too uh, is are they trying to prep for Jordan Love if they do end up going for Aaron Rodgers? They're trying to shed the way to make him the quarterback. Now he was inactive in a lot of games this year. Now you think that's something deliberate that the Packers did, saying okay, we're gonna rest him where we're not going to get him hit is say if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, we're not going to expose him right into the fire like that. Or do you think there is actually a concern where a lot of people think, okay, maybe he's not ready yet. And going forward, that could be a problem for them. Well, as far as Jordan love goes, he played in that Kansas city game um, that Robert Rogers uh, uh, sat out um, and uh, for, for COVID reasons. And then, uh, and then he played the second half of the Detroit game, which is the last game of the regular season. And in both instances, Jordan Love did not show 
really any any potential of, of being that you know franchise quarterback that's going to step in and play as as the starter for the next 12 to 15 years uh, I mean you know kids got the size and athletic ability but you know you rush him you blitz him he just makes bad decisions he makes bad throws um, I mean it's been two years now you know I mean you see these quarterbacks that come into the NFL if they're any good within a year or two you're gonna know it it's been two full seasons usually, now. Usually the end of second year or third year, you see a difference, a huge yeah. difference, a huge jump. I mean, I, I don't think the Packers are ready to give up on him, but let's face it, you don't, you don't have a great quarterback class in this upcoming draft. And so if the Packers were willing to take a third-round pick for him, I would have to think about it. If, if, if I'm going to re-sign Rodgers and I'm going to extend his contract and he's going to retire with the team, then, I mean, what am I doing with, with Jordan Love? How long is he going to wait then at that point? Right. You know, it's not fair to him at that point. So I would I would start listening to offers. We are talking to leader news editor, writer for uh, Pack to the Future and Packers Talk, Ralph Mancini. And, and Jeff over here on the board says, oh, yeah, uh, Tampa don't have talent. Scotty, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, and, and Cyril Grayson, all three guys, you know, without Tom Brady are nothing to sneeze about. If you think they're three big names that are good players, I mean, it's ridiculous. Are they anywhere in the realm of Mike Evans or uh, Chris Godwin or even Antonio Brown, are you kidding me? I love you, Jeff, but bringing up those names doesn't really scare me. Okay? Hey, don't forget Cameron Bray. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not talking about their tight ends. They have uh, they have some good talent over there. OJ Howard is good. I mean, they have some good talented tight ends. But oh, he's right though. He probably started on 20 other teams like that, Bray. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not talking about. It. I'm talking about the wide receiving core that they have over there. I don't think they have much to sneeze at. Um, yeah. um, so my question for you is. You look in, the, in this offseason, not even with the Packers. We, we're talking about the quarterbacks. This is probably the best free agency market we have seen in the NFL in the last five years. And there are a lot of teams that have a lot of money. Uh, the Packers, not one of them. Uh, but there are, there are quite a few teams that are a player or two players away. They have the money, a.k.a. the Baltimore Ravens, who have the most money. They have a good draft stock this year. They're maybe two, three players away uh, going into the season this year where they could be a Super Bowl contender. Do you see anybody taking a leap this offseason, bringing in some young young talent, obviously, in the draft, and superstar free agents that can take them over the hump? Well, I know I'm – I'm looking at some cap numbers right now, and I see Cincinnati is going to have a lot of money to spend. Yep, the Jets. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, why why wouldn't any free agent want to go to Cincinnati when you know you have Joe Burrow there for the next 15 years playing quarterback if he stays healthy, of course. But I mean, uh, to me, you know, they just came off of you know nearly winning a Super Bowl, and so I mean that that's the first place I'd look if I were a free agent. And then, uh, then you got the the Chargers mm-hmm. are, are up there too with with a lot of a lot of cap money. I think Speedy's it's, favorite. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. The Chargers won't spend that money. That's a team that that could be you know one or two pieces away. You know, with, with the kind of quarterback they have. Um, I know they're playing a tough division, but I mean, heck, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I if I'm a skill position player, uh, I, I would definitely uh, want to play there for sure. You you followed me on Twitter since we had the first interview. I don't know if you've see, ever seen my tweets. I do call them the least clutch team in football because they yeah, always find the weirdest ways to lose. 
and unfortunately, I, I think that's because of their coaching, even, you know, between, you know, uh, last year and, and even this year, you know, they, they made some bad coaching decisions late in games and, um, you know, but uh, that that's not to take away from their, from their talent level, you know, uh, in, in terms of, you know, what their roster looks like. And if I'm, if I'm a free agent receiver tight end, I mean, I would, I would run to the chargers. So my, my question in reference to free agency too, is now you look at the Bengals, the way they rebuilt the defense, essentially in two years, the guys that never played with together. So a lot of times you look at the, trying to manage the money. The Bengals now have the money too, and they look for quality over quantity, but they can still make that kind of thing work. Do you think teams like, like the Bengals and even other contending teams, like we were mentioning, are going to push for more depth as a whole in today's NFL, rather than just trying to go for one player and hoping the other pieces can align like that? Because teams are rotating players more often than ever before. You're right about that. Uh, I, I think that inevitably though, I mean, you're going to get like the top, let's say, 10 to 12 or 10 to 15 free agents. You know, they're going to be some of those guys or most of those guys are going to get overpaid. Those are the guys that are going to go right off the board. Uh, and then and then there's going to come a, a, a little a little bit of a period where you're going to see a lot of those mid-tier guys, good players, not great players um, that that could serve as depth. And so, yeah, I could see that happening, too. Um, and then the other thing is, is that, you know, uh, and in uh, 2024, this salary cap is supposed to go up uh, significantly. And so, you know, you even got those teams that kicked the can down the road in 2024. There's going to be a windfall there. And uh, some teams could be thinking that way, too. So but uh, but yeah, you're, you're right. I, I could see I could see some teams doing that, just not getting that one big gem, but, you know, getting maybe five or six really decent players in this free agent class. Ralph, last question for me, and I'm going to ask you a few questions. Flipping flipping a coin right now. I'm going to give you names. You tell me, are they going to be with the Packers? Are you are they going to be with respectable teams uh, moving in next year? You ready? Sure. All right. Aaron Rodgers, is he with the Packers or with another team? I say he's either with the Packers or he's going to retire. Okay, so you're saying Packers are bust. Okay. Yes. Russell Wilson, is he with the Seattle Seahawks? Or another team? Uh, I'm going to say he sticks with Seattle. Devontae Adams, does he stay with the Packers or he plays for another team? I think Green Bay is going to find a way to keep him in Green Bay. Kyler Murray, is he with Arizona or is he playing for another team? Well, based on what you told me now, uh, boy. You know, I, I, could see, I could see a team like Tampa Bay or um, Denver. Maybe making a big offer for him. Derek Carr. Uh, I'll, I'll say he ends up elsewhere. Derek Carr with Josh McDaniels. Uh, is he? No way. Derek Carr stays put. Okay. He's an ascending okay. quarterback. Still young. Okay. Uh, Speedy, you have any any other players that you you have questions for him? All right. Let's do let's do let's do the two receivers that are on the trade block too. We, we already did Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, and DK Metcalf. Calvin Ridley, I, I think, is definitely going to end up elsewhere. Uh, he doesn't like the organization. Um, I, I, I think that's that's an unfixable situation. And DK Metcalf, do you see, see him stay with Seattle, or he gets traded? I think I think if Russell stays, I think DK stays too. That's what I think too. Anyways, uh, Mr. Mancini, we really appreciate you joining us. As always, well, we won't wait this long to get you on again. I promise you. Uh, uh, why don't you tell the fans how they can find you on social media? 
Absolutely. So at uh, Reverend Ralph is where you can find me on Twitter. And all I tweet about is football, a lot of Packers stuff, but also a lot of NFL stuff as well. So um, guys, if, if I don't talk to you before the draft, enjoy that. Enjoy free agency. It was great talking to you both. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let's hope uh, the Jets have a good offseason. That's for sure. Yep. Uh, hey, I'm a New York guy, so I'm all for that. Uh, we we hope. I mean, uh, <laughs> so far so good with Zach Wilson in the second half. Let's see it more. Let's see more development in this, uh, this year, this coming year, and shows us that he is the franchise moving forward. Because Sam Darnold definitely isn't. That's for sure. Oh, unfortunately, yeah. No, uh, Ralph. Thank you. All right. Take care, guys. Ralph Mancini. Pack to the future. You can check out his writings, his stories. Uh, very interesting guy, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, knows his Packers. No question that he does. And he, uh, Niffin says Amari Cooper. Amari uh, Cooper will be traded. Uh, that that, that seems inevitable. That's why I didn't do it. Like the other two, yeah. I don't know. I, Ridley's still they're still working in. Metcalf's on a borderline too, kind of like Russell Wilson. There is there are stories coming out with uh, the Cowboys, Dallas, that him and Dak don't get along. And if you don't get along with Dak, which what we've heard stories from different you know different people that have followed him around, if you can't get along with Dak, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I remember Dak was the first of the whole ripple effect, too, with the wide receivers. Remember, when Dak's career first started, that was a weakness for them mm-hmm. with Dallas. They always had the running backs. They, they always were great with the offensive line. They had trouble developing wide receivers consistently. Dez had those great years, a couple great years, but they never, they never had the number two guy, kind of like the Packers with Devontae Adams. And then when Dak first started, Dez actually got worse, but he made the Cole Beasley and guys like that better. But then they bring in Amari Cooper. Now, then the whole ripple effect, now it's a big strength of theirs, but now Cooper is going to probably be be traded because of that contract. I mean, there's a lot of players from the Cowboys that might not be a Cowboy. I mean, they they need to get under the salary cap. Uh, uh, they need to get under the salary cap as quick as possible. Uh, Van Der Esch, who I think could be a you know a casualty, yeah. uh, being mm-hmm. that he is a free agent. I think he's a restricted free agent yep. this year. Uh, either they franchise him, which I don't. They need to franchise. They might have to franchise Gregory. Because uh, they could lose Gregory this offseason, right. and he had a great season. They might lose Van Der Esch to uh, obviously free agency. I don't. I know the beef doesn't want to admit to it, and they th- he thinks that they have the money to bring him back. Van Der Esch, who made some unbelievable stops during that playoff game that kept the Cowboys in that game in the fourth quarter. This guy is one of the best run stopping uh, linebackers in the league. Yes, he fought, he, he contends with injuries and all that other stuff. When he's on the field, he's one of the best linebackers in the league. There is no way in hell they're going to be able to bring Van Der Esch back and Gregory. They're going to have to decide one or the other, especially with their salary being that high. And that's why they're trying to trade Amari. And they're still going to be taking that a lot of that salary on their uh, their cap because – Trading him doesn't necessarily this year mean that it's going to come off the cap. There's other, there's two other reasons too why I think it seems like it's more likely that he's going to be gone. Because if you're going to franchise tag Van Der Esch, you're going to have to give him top five linebacker money. Which there's a lot of linebackers that just got big contracts yep. too. So that number is going to go up immensely between Fred Warner, between Darius Leonard. I think Eric Kendricks also just got paid from Minnesota. So that's going to average it out a lot more. Where that's going to be harder to trust that kind of thing because of his injuries. The other factor is, too, the, the Cowboys have always developed and replaced linebackers well mm-hmm. with, I guess, with Jerry Jones or his, his sons drafting him or over the years, they whatever they've had. Pretty good one this offseason. Yeah, they, they, they Michael did. Michael Parsons. Right. And, Parsons. and Jabril Cox is another good one, good young one, too, that could be a second guy for them as well. And Dan Quinn also finds them, too. He found them in Seattle a lot of the time, even the, a lot of the depth guys. Remember, uh, it's not just Bobby Wagner. I know Bobby Wagner is great, but K.J. Wright was also good there. And they had a good rotation of different linebackers that worked there. Uh, 
then in Atlanta too, the Deion Jones was a second round pick. Devondre Campbell, who is now a Packer, uh, that Ralph was mentioning earlier, is a, mm-hmm. was a fourth round pick. Made it work in that system, that defense, and even that year they had all those injuries. They still were able to fit some guys in their system too. So I don't think one player, considering how many situations the Cowboys have with the cap, is going to fix that kind of thing. When you have a strength already and a coordinator now back in Dallas that knows how to make that kind of thing work with his scheme. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of players that are going to be available this offseason where a lot of teams are going to have to be iffy on making and, and, and drawing them back to their teams. I mean, obviously Bates, there's no way, there's no way Cincinnati being that they have the most, one of the most, you know, money to be available right. this offseason where they're going to lose their star safety. I mean, they'd be very stupid to lose Bates. Especially with their corner deficiency. Yeah, yes, right now. especially in their secondary too. I right. mean, their secondary is the weakness part of, weakness part of right. their, their whole uh, defense, which their front seven was a fantastic this year mm-hmm. throughout the season, stopping the run and even, even pass rush in a second. Hendricks, uh, Hendrickson had an insane yeah. sack streak where he had 12 games in a row with a Didn't sack. Didn't he lead the league? Second, no, he was, he was third. second. He was second or third in the league in sacks mm-hmm. this year. I mean, right. he's fantastic. Now, we don't know what Carl Lawson would have done with the Jets because he tore his Achilles, but obviously in, in, in the big picture, they made the right decision going with Hendrickson, mm-hmm. Hendrickson over Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson got hurt, and he was out for the season, and Hendrickson had 14, 15 sacks this year and was a dominant force for that defense. So, uh, you look at the offseason that the Bengals had and the, the, the acquisitions they made, even Eli Apple bringing him in. It was a big fit for them. And Eli Apple's going to be a free agent this year. And I don't know if, how much money he's going he's gonna to get or demand, but there is going to be a team out there that's going to be looking for a second option corner that's going to help out like he did this year. Go, throughout the playoffs, he was fantastic. He looked really good. Even in the Super Bowl, he looked really, really good. Um, Eli Apple's going to get paid. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's not making like top corner money. No, he's being he's bumped around so many different. Oh, he's going to get. You're, you're seeing this kid. He's going to get twenty eight, thirty million dollars. That's what he's going to get. He's going to get a four year deal worth about seven, eight million a year. He's worth that. I mean, he's a he's a secondary corner. You, you can use him as your second string corner. And the way he played this year, say whatever you want, Speedy. You say you, you know you don't. He like played him. well in certain playoff games. I'll give him credit. On he that. played. Well, ever ever since he went to Cincinnati this year, he was fantastic. He's gonna he's gonna demand money. He's definitely gonna demand. Well, money. yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get on the uh, the playoff reputation based on that, which you see a lot of uh, a lot of front offices second do. and secondary corners, the, you know, second string corners, and I, I mean like the second guy on the team, they usually make between seven, eight, nine million dollars. And and for 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 him to get seven to eight, maybe even nine million dollars, they're gonna sign him to a three year deal. You do the math. Three times nine is what? Twenty seven. Twenty seven million. And that's what he's gonna probably get. A ratio around between twenty five and twenty seven million. And he deserves it. He played well this year. So and that's what happens. If you have one good season and you're coming off a contract season, there will be a team that's looking for a corner to fill in a spot that can actually fill in that spot. Well, yeah, we've seen this with a lot of Super Bowl champions. With the, for example, the Giants in 2007 lost a, like a big portion of their defense that following season because a lot of these other teams brought they wanted to bring in that the pedigree where they played well down the stretch. They lost both, uh, both linebackers or uh, not both linebackers. But Kavika Mitchell was a starting linebacker, another backup linebacker, and Jabril Wilson. They lost all these guys just because of the championship pedigree. We saw it, we see it all the time with the Steelers. We see it all the time with the, with the Packers, as Ralph was mentioning. They usually keep their players, and then they don't do well everywhere else type thing. And 
certain organizations end up being like that constantly, but especially with a Super Bowl champion, a lot of those times they'll get the extra money based on that kind of playoff pedigree. And we might see that kind of thing with the Bengals now too, with the one-year contracts that they did have. Now they don't have many of them. They, they have a couple with their offensive line and they have a couple with some of their backup running backs, but those kinds of things, I think we know they have to address their offensive line anyway. So they're going to try to address that with big money or big draft picks. Anyway, running backs, you could probably draft one late and there's a, a pass catching guy that could be a backup. They don't really need to worry about that because Mixon's a borderline top five running back. So that kind of thing they could focus on more. And then the corner should probably be their main defensive focus just on that. If they, especially if they do end up letting Apple go where they don't have the depth, they rely on the depth to make that work, but they still will need, they still need that number one, whether or not they keep Apple. You know, what's going to be fun this off season is it's in the next two or three weeks. You, you're going to see a lot of these guys off the board. You're talking about all these big names. Uh, in the next two weeks, you're probably going to see all these guys getting pushed to waivers. I mean, they're not going to, uh, you're going to see big names that are still not uh, available on the list that could become available on the list because a lot of these teams are going to be shedding salary. I mean, yeah, they're going to have to eat up some kind of salary to their cap because you, just because you put them to waivers doesn't mean it's not going to be on. You know, it's going to it's going to be on your cap. Uh, being that they're under contract, you're still going to have to take some of that cap and, and add it to your cap. So. I think teams like the Cowboys, they might be shedding. I mean, Amari Cooper, they're going to try to trade him. If they don't, they might just waive him. Mm-hmm. They might waive him. And, and and then Amari will have his choice on where he wants to play. Yeah, there was one rumor that said Jacksonville was trying to make a push for him. And they have a lot of draft stock, so they can make that kind of thing work. And, again, they were one of the teams that were top five in cap, too. So if they want to take on a contract, I guess they could try. They still need so many other things, but why not? I mean, the Jets, too. Another another team that's going to be looking for a number one wide receiver. Now, I don't think he's a one, but he's one of the best route runners in the league. Uh, in that offense, he could be a one. Right. I mean, in that offense, because they just need a, 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 a wide receiver that is a good route runner, that can make the catches – you know, but the problem with Amari Cooper that scares me is the injuries. Mm-hmm. The guy can't stay healthy, and you'll uh, with the Corey Davis losing Corey Davis the last six seven games of the season. I mean, are the Jets willing to give you know to pay another wide receiver that can't stay healthy? It doesn't make sense, and that's why I think the Jets should look towards the draft and drafting instead of bringing in a free agent or a. a uh, a signed wide receiver. Yeah, where... it's probably going to be more likely one of the younger guys for the Jets, just because that's the kind of thing Joe Douglas will embrace more. They're going to Denzel Mims is a trade ship that they could use in one of those kinds of scenarios. I mentioned Calvin Ridley as an option on the weekend crunch. Mm-hmm. You could trade Calvin Ridley, maybe a third round pick or something to Atlanta, and if Calvin Ridley trade Mims. Yeah, with, with Mims. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Mims in a third round pick probably gets the job done for Calvin Ridley, and you could you could prove it, and then Joe Douglas can make the deal to make because he could get paid after the year where he could adjust it to his standards of what they want to pay. Because Joe Douglas doesn't overpay players, where Amari Cooper was already overpaid as we know by the Cowboys, and I don't know if he's going to take that kind of thing on. Jacksonville, we see them do a lot of things like that where they'll take on those bigger contracts mm-hmm. and they'll try to fill the rest out with drafting with player development, which they've done well in certain stretches, but they haven't been able to keep their players a lot of the time, too. I like Peterson. I think Peterson's going to be a good fit over there with Trevor Lawrence, I think, and it makes a lot of sense on why they brought Peterson. I think Byron Leftwich made a big mistake. I I really do. Because when is he going to be offered another job? I mean, right now, with everything that's happened with Brian Flores, are we going to, you know, are are we going to see another African-American coach? 
for a while. Yeah. Know, because everything that's going on. It's a shame. It really is a shame. Unless he knows something with the yes. Buccaneers we don't. Yes. With, with maybe him inheriting that but kind Todd of thing. Bowles too. I mean, Todd Bowles, too. He, he might inherit that job. Right. He, Bruce Arians' best friend, I mean, as far as on the coaching staff, is... It's Todd Bowles. I mean, Todd Bowles is his best friend. And when Bruce Arians decides to step down, I think he's going to give the reins to Todd Bowles, not Byron Leftwich. And I, I think it was a bad move by Byron. Byron had Trevor Lawrence, okay? You have a young quarterback, an up-and-coming, revolutionary type of quarterback that uh, is going to change the game. Why would you walk away from that because you didn't like the fact of the questions that the owner was asking you? Or the GM was asking. It's stupid. It doesn't make sense. The other thing that is to look at, too, though, is coaches and GMs are a lot more with each other than in terms of trying to make the moves more than basing it off of trying to just do money and then you fill out the depth or something like that. We're seeing a lot more in sync. And you wonder if Jacksonville, having Trent Baalke there, who has a lot of these bad reputations with coaches in the past, we saw the 49ers' ugly, ugly demise that they had with Baalke as the GM there. And maybe he was worried about that kind of thing factoring into maybe a potential coaching job where he might have more control in that regard. We're seeing, especially with the offensive coaches, we're seeing the coaches have a lot more control with a lot of the moves that are being made, as long as you're successful, somewhat successful right away. And we saw, look at the Rams and the 49ers with McVay and Kyle Shanahan. They're having say in terms of the players they bring in. Now, obviously not every coach is going to get to that level right away, but it still is something where it's the future of coaching to have that kind of thing in sync, get more scheme fits and get more player control in a what is going to be a player-run league more, but also uh, something where coaches have so many schematic advantages with these analytics now. And also, the kickers played a big part of this season, especially later in the season. Uh, we've seen what McPherson could do, and and and, and really some of Gay was a big part of the L.A. Rams and how far they've gotten mm-hmm. throughout the season. I expect a lot of these field goal kickers that we, we haven't heard to be drafted even lower in the drafts, especially it's so watered out, these kickers. I mean, how many great kickers are in the league? No, it's a five, fluky six, position. It's kind of like relief five or six. Like There's not many of them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. To get to get a good kicker, I mean, the, the fact that the Bengals have a good kicker, that's going to benefit them moving forward. I mean, the Patriots had it for years, Vinatieri, and then he went to Indianapolis. And they had <laughs> yeah. And Goskowski. I mean, when you have a field goal kicker, I can keep it. You know, those are the guys that are going to get the most points. They're going to score the most points, even more than a quarterback is. You know what I mean? And, and you're talking about Goskowski. Like, these are Hall of Fame guys. I mean, Vinatieri. Uh, Vinatieri is absolutely Hall of Fame guy. Mm-hmm. You need you need to find that kicker that's going to help you in the special teams area. And I think uh, when you look at the, the big picture, this year's uh, draft class, I, I teams like the Jets and, and some of these other teams – uh, I'm just naming the Jets because I know the Jets are still looking for a kicker. Yeah, and there's going to be teams like that for a while because we've also seen kickers join other teams that were great in the past have trouble with those other teams mm-hmm. too. Look at Greg Zerline with the Cowboys. He was thought of as a top five kicker when he was with the Rams. At and, one point. Yeah, yeah. same thing. With Greg the, the leg. Greg, same thing with the former Cowboys kicker, Dan Bailey. When he went to the Vikings, he crashed and burned <laughs> over mm-hmm. there. So a lot of these kickers, they don't have the longevity that – a lot of them used to like even in the past too, like even if they weren't as like big leg or anything like that, they still had some good longevity where you had kickers. We were saying Vinatieri before, yep. but even somebody like Sebastian Janikowski with the Raiders, like he kicked yep. for a long time. He was a top first Jay- round draft pick. Yeah. Jason Elam. Um, who was it uh, last week that mentioned uh, Jason Hansen? It was uh, mm-hmm. uh, Myers. So, yeah. Um, Proctor. I mean, right. 
there are a lot of good kickers that have been in and out of the league, and, and, and you need a good kicker. And I think that is a position that teams are going to have to start looking uh, and, and playing the factors in, uh, in, you know, when it comes to the draft. Because look what McPherson did, you know, when you look at the big picture, what McPherson did in the playoffs. I mean, 13, 14 straight field goal kicks. Right. I mean, that's going to help your teams absolutely significantly, especially if you can't score touchdowns. Or or in the Packers' way, they couldn't, couldn't do anything. Well, you know? Yeah, they got one field goal blocked, and they got another punt blocked. So, yeah, maybe it's more your blocking And a one-point on conversion missed, you know? So, I, I mean, and they, they and obviously Lazard or whatever his name is, he couldn't catch an open, you know, an open touchdown in the end zone. And that's Aaron Rodgers' fault, by the way. Let's blame him. Kid also dropped one too, right around there too. So it kind of washed out. Yeah, in it's, that it's, case, all, it's 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 all it's all Aaron Rodgers' fault that Lazard didn't catch the ball. No, nah, I'm 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 not the one saying it. That was Trey. <laughs> yeah, it, it's ridiculous. I, Trey is out of his damn mind. Okay, this is coming from a Packers fan that is absolutely infatuated with Aaron Rodgers, blaming Aaron Rodgers because he was, I'm sorry, twenty for twenty nine in the in that game. Twenty for twenty nine. That means twenty of his twenty nine passes were completions, and he had a bad game. Two hundred twenty five yards. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't have any touchdowns, but how many people are going to throw touchdowns in a below zero game? And Jimmy Garoppolo, who won the game, had 125 yards in the game. Ridiculous. And right. he, he was like he was like 20 for like 35, okay? Yeah, right. I, I mean, those numbers are a hell of a lot worse than Aaron Rodgers. I think, I think he only had one net throw over 10 yards, too, in that game. Or 18, or 18 for 35 or yeah. something like no, that. No, no, yeah, it was, it was a complete 50%, and most of it was the Kyle Shanahan yards after the catch scheme. I think he had only one net pass of 10 yards, Late, I think it was the one late in the second quarter to Kittle, and that was it. So, I mean, it was hard. Not really a Jimmy Garoppolo either. Yeah, well, tell that to Tyler, who is absolutely infatuated with the man. But, uh, I, I mean, and hates Aaron Rodgers. He wants to throw Aaron Rodgers under the bus just as much as he hates Aaron Boone. But it's just a whole other story. <laughs> so maybe he just has a vendetta against Aaron's. Maybe it is. And he also can't stand Aaron Judge. He wants to trade Aaron Judge. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I mean, he, maybe he doesn't like the name Aaron, but... Uh, maybe he had a grudge. Maybe we have to figure out uh, every Aaron that is used in his sports and figure out what Tyler thinks of him. <laughs> uh, let's not and say we did. But uh, <laughs> anyways, I, I, I think it's it's very interesting going into the off season and what could happen, especially even for the New York teams that are open. Uh, I expect to see a little bit more changes for the you know the Patriots. What are, what are the Patriots going to do with J.C. Jackson? They overspent in the offseason last year. Do they overspend for the best corner in football? I don't think so. I, it seems like, the, from what J.C. Jackson's saying, they haven't talked to him yet at all. So it seems like they're going to go back to their classic approach. Maybe they realized, oh, maybe this kind of system isn't going to work, and they're going to go back to home-growing again. Because the Patriots replaced the defensive backs very well, historically speaking. Yeah, but. well, that's because that's, that's Bill Belichick's Belichick, yeah. uh, specialty yeah. is the secondary. But... I, you don't get rid of the best corner who's in the prime of his career. I mean, he's like 26 years old. Just going to let him go. I mean, I, I, he'd be, I think that's a stupid move by the Patriots. I really do. It, it very much could be. You just wonder what else they could be freeing up for at this point, too, because of the other big contracts that they gave out, the bad receiver contracts that they gave out. Um, the tight ends did fine, but, again, it still wasn't. It still wasn't like they were electric like they were like the other young tight ends that did well this mm-hmm. year. Hunter Henry had a nice year and actually was durable Great this year. year. But still, can you trust the, the, that kind of thing going forward? Now, the Patriots, the, the rest of the 
skill players, they have enough running back depth. I, I wouldn't be worried about that. Their offensive line, maybe they could get a piece here and a piece there, but it's fine. It's serviceable where I think they could trust that they, they were just more decimated with injuries. And I think one week they had a, like three guys were out with COVID or something like that one yep. week. So I think talent wise, they're okay there. So if they do, or if they do get rid of Jackson, maybe they have an idea in mind, especially with the receiving depth available, either with the trade or with free agency. I know Jeff was on the phone a couple, a couple shows ago. Yep. Uh, th- like two or three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he, when we were talking about Calvin Ridley, he was since he got a Calvin Ridley rumor to the Patriots. Maybe that's an option that they could pr- consider. Well, they need a number one. Yeah, they don't have one. I mean, uh, Calvin Ridley is absolutely a great talent. I mean, he has his problems on and off the field, but uh, when he does play, I mean, he's a, he's been an All Pro wide receiver in this league. I mean, he's fantastic. He really mm-hmm. is, and he could be a number one on any other team. Right. I mean, it just. The problem with Calvin is is he is his head in the game. Right. That's, that's the question. I, and, I don't know if it is. Yeah, maybe maybe it's not. You never know what anyone's going through at any particular time to be able to judge that kind of thing. And that is what's going to make it difficult for a team to, I guess, push harder in terms of getting on a bidding war. But he's still a young enough and talented enough receiver. And right now he's controllable on a, so far right now, rookie contract. And we'll see how he plays in terms of that new scheme. Because, obviously... Switching coaches with Atlanta, too, might have not helped either with that whole team culture going all at once. I think he was pretty comfortable with mm-hmm. the first three years, and they, they made front office changes, too. I mean, they switched around all the offensive coordinators since Kyle Shanahan went to San Francisco, but they still had they still had stability pretty much everywhere else, and maybe he just didn't like it after that. Or, again, maybe there is something personal in his life that, again, he's not going to want to reveal because, again, it could be tough on him, and you don't know what they're going through. No, no you don't. Uh well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for our show. I, I will say this. I want to give a shout-out to, to Tyler Harrison. I, I really appreciate Tyler for the time that he gave us on the, on the show. Uh, I know it was very, very hard to step down uh, for being with us and working with us. But, you know, this is a tremendous opportunity, I really do believe, for him. And, unfortunately, he just – I don't think he can handle it, and I understand. Uh, I wish nothing but my love and uh, respect for Tyler Harris, and I Mm -hmm. hope everything works out for him. Absolutely. For whatever he does moving forward. Uh, We really appreciate the little bit of time that you did give us when you you put the time in. Hopefully your girlfriend or whatever is going on with you works out for you. And. And moving forward, so Tyler, uh, Tyler, whatever ha- ends up happening in your in your life, your career going forward, I'll always support you in every every way, uh, personally. Whatever you end up doing, and any pursuits that you end up having, we support you as a person who and who you are. Absolutely, and uh, again, uh, Tyler Harris is Harrison is going to be no longer with us moving forward. He is uh, moving on in his uh, venture of career or whatever the heck he's doing, but. Uh, uh, like I said, uh, good luck to him, and hopefully everything works out for whatever he decides to do. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, ESPN talent producer Katie Hennessy for joining us. She was fantastic. We really appreciate you. And uh, uh, also leader, news editor, writer for Pack to the Future and Packers Talk, Ralph Mancini, for joining us. Uh, he was fantastic as well. Two really, really good um, uh, guests, uh, and hopefully they join us very, very soon again. Uh, Speedy, we have anything next week yet? Uh, we have the we have the our, uh, sports etiquette. Uh, thanks to uh, the agent Barry that also got us John Schneider, uh, Zoe, uh, a sports etiquette uh, agent, uh, sports etiquette producer, talent actress, yes, and yes. talent evaluator. Uh, she has a website, the OG Etiquette Expert dot com. 
Uh, we're going to have him, her on the show. Uh, Zoe Yeoman is her last name. Uh, we haven't scheduled a day or time yet, but she will be on the show sometime next week. That is all we have planned at the moment, but there will definitely be more coming. And maybe Jimmy Smith, finally. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy has been, uh, you know, two thumbs up saying that he's going to join us and then uh, you know, take it a step back. Maybe I should schedule him for Friday, and then he'll come on Thursday. You just need to call him in the morning and make sure, or reach out to him in the morning, so he knows to come on, so we, you know, we can get him. But uh, again, thank you for uh, a great week of guests, Speedy. All the work that you put into it, um, and all the fans that listen to us and stay tuned and put the time and effort into listening to us. We plan to keep working and and putting on the best product and giving you guys the best product we possibly can. Uh, moving forward. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, listen to the Weekend Crunch uh, Saturday. Where are we? What time are we uh, on? Normal time. 7 p.m. So listen to the Weekend Crunch. Uh, if you're not here on Long Island and you don't, you don't have the FM dial, you can listen to us on iHeartRadio, LI News Radio. Uh, so you can find us 7 p.m. Uh, we'll talk all sports uh, throughout the show. And, and we have a great show. We're going to have our uh, uh, what are we, what are we Money going? Line Mania. Money Line Mania guests, so definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, and we'll be back next week. Until then, this is Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, saying good night, and we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.